on this episode of Quantum Week, October 24th through 30th, 2004. Quantum Week. Quantum Week. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year and we talk about uh, the hit movies and music and we talk about the headlines and uh, our personal stories the from that. Movie, burping. No, I didn't burp. I just swallowed. Oh. I just get through my thing. There's movies and music. That's what we do here. It's fucking pop culture, bitch. I just feel like if I sound like an automaton, if I say the same exact thing with the same exact gait every single time, I mean, maybe it's what the people want to hear. I don't know. But I like to vary it up from time to time, particularly on a nice Sunday morning like this. Anyway, Quantum Week, uh, October 2004, and we're talking Ray and Lean Back. Yeah. Um, Go buy life show tickets. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> what's the chuckle about though? It's like, don't beg. <laughs> please, please. Everything's fine. Please, sir. I mean, um, yeah, you should do it. It's going to be fun, but be fun. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're starting to kick around some ideas. Um, Matt still hasn't picked out a song yet. Hopefully. Yeah. I'm going to do that today. Yeah. How about soon? Uh, and, uh, some scheduling, um, coming up, uh, for the next couple of weeks here. So, uh, next week, this is pretty exciting. We're going to be going for the very first time to December, 1979. Wow. We hit it. Finally, we hit uh, the seventies. Yeah. We only have really, I was only alive in the seventies for like five weeks. So not a lot to, uh, not a lot of, uh, potential that we would pick it, but, uh, or get selected. But that's, that's, that's crazy. Yes. Um, so I'm going to kind of cheat with 1979 for a couple of reasons. A, uh, there's not a lot of data out there, like for box office stuff. Once you get like before 81, it gets harder. So for 81 or 80, what I usually do is I'll go in New York times and I'll check out like, I'll try to see what the new releases were that week or um, not that we've hit. I don't think we've even hit 1980, but for 81 or 82, I'll, I'll also see what's also playing in theaters based on like movie theater ads. Sure. Um, but for 79, I, I've, I've said this before to Matt, I don't know if I said it on air or not, but we're going to cheat. And I'm just going to pick movies that I wanted to cover in 1979 because we have a whole it. year to pick from. We only have five weeks to do it. So, right. but most of the movies actually come out later in the year because of Oscar reason. So it kind of works out. But um, so next week, the free show will be alien. I figured. Yeah. Um, and then the Patreon, um, will be Manhattan. Interesting. Woody Allen film. I'm surprised that you decided you wanted to cover it. Yeah. Well, I wanted to cover all that jazz, but it's not, um, streaming. So we'll have to save that for the next time we cover 1979. Oh shit. So, but we're actually gonna be in 1979 for, uh, two weeks because the following week, uh, would be our, our live show. So we're not going to release a show on that Saturday of our live show. Uh, but that Sunday, if you're a patron, you'll still get a show and you'll get our third 1979, uh, movie, which is, uh, guys and I all forget it. Um, must be a big one then. It is Kramer versus Kramer. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. That'll be a new one to talk about. You're getting a fly. We got like this. And fly maybe, yeah, it could tie into our, our live show. Maybe that Kramer, Kramer versus Kramer, of course, about divorce. Yep. Maybe that'll be, maybe that live show will be our divorce. That'll be how we end the <laughs> what, show. What do you mean? <laughs> Uh, that's too played up now. I, all the arguments were so many, so long ago at this people point. People thought we were faking, which is funny. Oh, well, of course not. I mean, it's happening live in real time. How can you Very fucking strange. fake that? I don't know. We don't telegraph any. Do people not know that by now? We don't even know our opinions really on the movies or music before we fucking meet. Why would we plan something like that <sighs> bullshit? Everyone out? thinks everything's fake. All so time. stupid. People are dumb. Uh, Do you feel okay today? You were rubbing your tummy a little bit. Uh, gassy. Yeah. Um, well, great. Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm excited to cover those 1979 movies. Me too, and I'm excited to see what Billboard looks like. Yeah, that could be fun. That so, could be fun. 
Um, yeah, so that's what we're doing next week. And of course, the Patreon movie this week on Sunday will be The Grudge with Sarah Michelle Geller. So that's what we're doing next week, I guess, you know, the rest of this week and the next two weeks after that. So, um, and people already know what's happening for the week that we do the live show anyway. So, Fargo. Yeah, right. And then, another, and then the week after that would be our birthday week. So we have quite a few. Yeah. Quite a few big movies coming up, I think. So did you already, you don't have to tell us now, but you already think you already know what you're going to do. I know what I'm not going to do. I'm, I'm not going to do Goodfellas. Okay. Um, Goodfellas, they just had a Goodfellas um, rewatchable. So it was pretty good. So uh, it came out like a month ago. Yep. So I'm like, eh. Yeah. So I'm not going to do that. Okay. But I haven't decided yet. Howard the Duck, probably. Yes. Howard the Duck, man. I love it. Um, you can say that for years. One of your nerdy Rufus. Wayne Wright, Howard the Duck. I haven't done Rufus Wayne Wright. I won't let Radiohead. you touch him. <laughs> Nonsense you talk about. Uh, but today we're doing uh, Ray and... Um, Lean back by the Terror Squad. Sure. You say so. Uh, I mean, they say so. I, didn't say, I have nothing no, to do with no, it. I, 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 that's a good thing to say about that. Right? I, don't think anything, any, I don't think anybody wants anything to do with that. Even, even Terror Squad's walking away from that one. That's true, um, actually. So, right, so Ray? Yeah, let's talk about Ray. Uh, do, you, uh, do you want to give your opinion first? You tend to, I do it sometimes. Sure. Sometimes, yeah. Uh, yeah. So this movie is, okay. So I'm trying, I'll try to be fair here. It's hard because, so I saw Walk the Line first. Yep. I've seen Walk the Line, I don't know, maybe four or five times in my life. We covered it for this show. I saw it in the theaters. Walk the Line came out after Ray. Yes. Okay. So when I watch Ray though, I'm constantly reminded of Walk the Line and that's not particularly fair to Ray. It's not. Having said that, Ray is also it, as is Walk the Line, it's just basic biopic. Like, it's so procedural. And it's, Ray by itself, if you just, like, examine Ray, the script, take out the performances, uh-huh. and you just have the direction and the script, Ray is not a particularly good movie. Ray, Ray, Ray's not a good, right? actually, Ray, even with the performances, is not a good movie. The performances make it so it's okay. So I'm going to end up giving this movie, like, a C. It's a thumbs down for me. Ah. But, uh, Jamie Foxx is is obviously fantastic, but at the end of the day, it also is an imitation. And at some point, it's is that he? I mean, he's very he's fantastic, but I don't know if that. Uh, I, I think at some point, the imi- an imitation isn't a great performance because it's just. Not- oh, I think to to I think that's almost impossible to do. I can't think of anybody else who could have done it's that. It's just role. a mimic, though. It's that's not that's different than like okay. So take like Don Cheadle and Hotel Rwanda. Yes, same year, same both, year, right. both both nominated, right? That's a better performance to me. And I know it's also a real person, but we don't know that person, so it's less of an imitation. Yeah, I don't me. know if that's fair, though. I guess maybe it's well, harder because you have to... Well, you got to yeah. pick one if you're if you're an Academy Award voter. You're right. No, I don't think it's fair. It's it's not... I mean, it's not Jamie Foxx's fault that Ray Charles existed, and if he did anything else but do a perfect copy of him, it wouldn't have worked. I agree 100%. Jamie yeah. Foxx is, is... But is Jamie... I, I, so, I, but I wouldn't. So, I don't think you can give him marks off his performance. Though, I do that, not. Right? Okay. I don't. He did. He for the what he was given, he couldn't have done any better. No, he's amazing. It's it's, but it's also still like a like I think his performance in Django or his performance in Collateral is are much more interesting to watch than his performance in this, mm. which is just a mimic. I think he's better in this than he's been oh, in anything else. Eh. No, and I, I, like, I, I, mean, I think I think people agree with you. I mean, he won an Oscar for this, so I'm probably once again in the minority again. But and uh, I like both of those other movies, probably Collateral more than you like, and I think he's great in both of those movies. But I, I just don't. Uh, part of it too is I don't like to watch biopics, musician biopics, because no one can ever do it good enough. It's very rare that anybody does it good enough. Joaquin Phoenix is pro- is the one is and Ray are the kind of the two examples I can think of. 
Uh, and I don't like to watch biopics at all. They're boring. I know you don't. Um, I don't know. It was touching Terrible to see. Telling. Yeah, the the. So I don't grade it as harsh as you do. I probably give it a B plus. Oh but my that's, god! But no, <laughs> no, but that's because of the performances. No, I have problems with the script and I have problems with the direction, which we'll get into. A B they plus. needless shit. Yeah, because the cast is really good. The acting is really good throughout. The direction, There's no one bad. The direction is not good. Direction the script okay. is bad. Script is okay. No, it's bad. There's a scene where they're like, hey, this is the eight track. And then the very same scene, like someone like has like a, a drunken, like they kicked that girl out like two minutes later. Yes. So two minutes earlier, they were introduced to the concept of an eight track. Yes. And then two minutes later, I have to escort someone out of a studio. That's, it's insane. Another uh, great example is one minute uh, Ray Charles finds out that he's going to be a father. His mistress is having a baby. Yes. The very next minute, he writes, hit the road, Jack. It is fucking insane. It is so stupid. It, it, to get this movie a B plus is, is you really just, just like, oh, Ray no, Charles. No, it's me loving the performances. Okay, that can't be enough. Like, it's not, that's not, a, that oh, shouldn't sorry, be enough. It's enough for me. I, I don't know I know, it's a you. shame. I, I, I get it. I don't know, it's a shame. Well, also, it's enjoyability of watching, too. Like, I, I love revisiting Ray Charles. Ray, Ray Charles is one of my favorites. I think sure. you know, he's an amazing musician, to, and to watch this and to learn about a, a bit about his life, some well, historical of, well, yeah, inaccuracies. And a lot of it isn't true at all, so. Uh, that's true. Yeah, that, those are my, well, we'll talk about that in a okay. minute. But, uh, but yeah, I think it's enjoyability of the film, too. I can listen to that music. I can watch Jamie Foxx do that all fucking day. I mean. Just do an impression of Ray Charles? So, I know, but when you say that, it really, it's like you're shoving dirt in his face. I'm not. It. I mean, that's yeah. what he's doing, though. Matt. It's what it is. Okay, it is, but you. But it doesn't mean. But that doesn't mean that it's bad. It's pro, but, It's the best impression. It's the best. Oh, it's, uh, it's, it's the a, best it, lip sync. It's it's all, all of that. There's no yeah. one else does that better. No, I agree. And it's, it's still an art form. When someone someone is excellent at something, even if you call it mimicry, it's still excellence. Yeah, but like I don't know if I want to watch like Rich Little for two and a half hours. <laughs> I think that's a little unfair. Calling it's not. That's this is not the same thing. I mean, he is playing an actual person. Well, he's playing an actual person so for, for a length of time, for two, you know, for right. two I and a half hours. I didn't want to watch it for two and a half hours. I didn't want to watch this for two and a half hours. Well, I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. If you're, if you're not going to get engrossed by Jamie Foxx's performance, then you're right. You're not going to, you're going to call this a C and you're not going to recommend it. I will recommend it. B plus is what I call, but it's mostly, it mostly has to do with the performances. I just, the story is so, is the storytelling is so weak and so, and so poorly done I, I can't well i can't i can't argue with that the, the flashback to the mom later on the metaphysical shit at the end of the movie is like what the fuck are we doing here I, oh i've always been there that wasn't that was never the emotional crutch the emotional issue that that ray had at least from the storytelling that we saw is that his brother died it wasn't about his mom even though his real life his mom probably affected him more she died when he was away at school and uh it sounds like some of the the things around his brother's death weren't actually the case so bizarre he did ray in real life did try to help his well right. reported we don't actually he who knows but we, if we believe what ray says he did try to help his brother he did go to his mom i guess the brother was just too heavy for was just too heavy yes and yes he went to his mom said hey come hey, help 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 but so, it was too late but so hold just let me yeah, finish, yeah, yeah. The, finish the point there so the metaphysical part that in his real life was not his brother. It was it was his mom, but they don't set that up in the movie. The heroin addiction, all that stuff is about his brother. So why aren't we having the brother being a part of his well, life, the metaphysical the stuff? Kind of, but it's really more about the mom in that metaphysical section. It I just didn't right. set it up well. It, it is weird because the most moving part of that metaphysical thing is exactly, is exactly what you're saying. It's when the brother forgives yes. him, right? Yes, So like, that's the most moving part. So the mom stuff, you're right. It seems like, it seems like extraneous, right? Exactly. 
Um, and that sucks because the re because why not just go with the real thing, which is the mom affected him more. That's the real thing. Why change it to the brother? I don't understand. And why have like why not tell the true story about him trying to help the brother? Exactly. Like how is that more dramatic? Why are we trying to I make guess. him look worse? I don't get in that. that regard. That's weird to me. That is weird. That's that's very weird. I like, didn't get that's that. That's the thing is like so, some of the mistruths here. Some of them make sense. So, so like for instance, you know, Ray Charles had twelve kids with ten women. Uh, we can't just go through them all. I, right. That's that would. There was a wife before uh, Della as well. I, that makes that's fine. Skip right. over that. That's that, fine. That's fine. It's, 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 it's already too long of a movie anyway. So that's fine. Trims trims some of that stuff that that isn't necessarily important to the story that we were seeing on screen. Exactly. For sure. Yep. But then other things they lie about or lies in the right word. Other, other things they make up are just bizarre. Yeah, I don't get it. Like the other one is um, <laughs> the other bad one is that he didn't tell Margie to have an abortion in real life. Right. Why would they do that <laughs> in this movie? Why are they trying to make him look worse? Which, by the way, I totally believe because he had ten kids, <laughs> yes, exactly. twelve kids with ten women. Bring I them all in. I don't. I don't for a second think Ray Charles was was having abortions. <laughs> no. so obviously, he wasn't. So why did they do that? Why? Why? Did the, why, why is that in the script? And why did the director allow it? I don't get it. That's a terrible choice. And then the other bizarre thing is. Uh, Georgia never banned Ray Charles. That's another bad one. Why, would why you, are why? we shitting on Georgia for doing that? Like, there's plenty of things to shit on Georgia about. The segregation stuff, the Jim Crow laws. You know, it seems, seems like, uh, you know, Ray Charles did play uh, segregated shows down there. That all existed. But why are we, why, why are we, why does it have to take it to the next level of Georgia banning when it didn't happen? I don't get that. And that whole thing is like, is a really good example of why I'm giving this movie a thumbs down. So, the, he gets off the bus uh, to go to the, play this show, and he's walking to go play this to, to walk into the concert hall, and there's all these fans there, which seems excessive that I many people would just be there when he gets off the tour bus. But okay, sure, whatever, I'll play along. And then one one uh, like uh, fan is like, or say, hey, don't, this isn't right. You shouldn't play this show. And then he's like, you know what? You're right. We shouldn't. And he gets back in the bus, and which that is yeah. insane. I know that, that, that would never. Matter. It's no. just terrible storytelling. Like I can't believe you give this a B plus. He was just, sent. A, he was sent a telegram, which he read and he thought about. It. He had which some time makes to think a lot about more it. sense. It makes a lot more sense. And it actually makes him seem like a, in my opinion, once again, like it paints him in a negative light in the most bizarre it ways. Yeah. Like it isn't as like haphazard. Like it's something that Ray Charles probably sat and really gave a lot of thought about. Didn't do the show, but then eventually did do that show. By the way, he made he that show up, he which did. is fine, and that's and he made a statement and then went and, and did the show, did show, which is I think a professional way to do it, but also a way to say, hey, look, I'm not, you know, we're kind, of, we're making a stand here at some level, and it's tough too. Like I could I could put myself in his shoes and say it's not even just about the money part of it. It's just if I can spread black music to white audiences, maybe they'll be less fucking bigoted. You know what I mean? If I can give white people things that they enjoy that are black culture, maybe they'll be less bigoted. So I could see him playing shows, segregated shows, and and being able to justify it to a certain extent. And also, he took a public stance, which is very brave at the time to even not to even postpone the show at all, which exactly. is pretty courageous. Yeah, I know it's, maybe it isn't as courageous as you might want in a movie coming out in the you know in the 21st century, but in that time, it was still a, a pretty big stand. I'm not saying that I forgive the movie for that scene. But I understand How about why the other they. Ones I brought up? <laughs> no, no, well, we broke okay about those two. No, right. uh, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you're right. It is absolutely ridiculous. But I kind of forgive this one because it's just dramatic. Effect. I, they, you know, biopics do that type of thing. It's not good. But at least it's not painting him in a fucking terrible light, like saying he was trying to get someone to have an abortion. And you know what I mean? Like that. I, I think. I think. Okay. So I think you're half right. So the, you're right. The biopics do sometimes take some dramatic license. So maybe him walking. And getting yelled at by people is more dramatic than him reading a letter. 
Biopics don't say a state banned you. And then have a thing set in 1979, which never <laughs> happened. Well, he did play for the, I think when they they made Georgia on my mind, the official state song. But right, for, for the rest and of it, it wasn't true. His wife is there, but <laughs> they, they had divorced. been divorced for a couple years by that point. I know. It is just, it is, it's a weird, it's it's a bizarre storytelling. It's funny because um, there's four kids there too, like four, four uh, teenage to right. young adult grown kids. men. But yes. are we to believe that they're all with Della? Of I course. I mean, they had he 10. had a kid before Right, exactly. As well. Yeah. So, like, you know, she's kind of ignored in the story, which which can happen with these. We see it happening with Johnny Cash uh, story as well. Yeah. Other biopics as well, no matter what's musical or not, they, they'll sometimes just remove kids. Just yeah. kids I guess it's maybe It's not. too much, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, I would say my biggest, my bigger issue with this isn't the dramatic licensing, and uh, obviously the performances are great. So it's not, even, And even beyond, even the supporting performances are quite good. So it's nothing they like that. It's more just the the storytelling itself and the direction is just so weak. I, I can't imagine giving this movie. I, and look, you know, to Matt's defense, this was nominated for Best Picture. It was. Roger Ebert, by the way, this is the re- last week Matt said Roger Ebert was alive. I apologize for lying about that. He was alive for this one and he did but write this, a review. And he had four stars. Yes, he did. So he, he I re- don't agree with that, but yes. Uh, he, so he, you know, he got this movie at the time. And once again, and to also defend Matt's point and to defend this movie for a second. Remember, this came out before Walk the Line. I, I I know I keep saying that, but I'm also saying it to remind myself a little bit because <laughs> yes. I'm being maybe I'm being uh, like ten percent harsher than I probably should be because I'm seeing this out of order. Yes, and I probably should be ten percent harsher on Walk the Line. Honestly. That makes sense. Yeah. Um. Uh. But uh. So this movie was was when it came out. Um. A lot of I would say one twenty five percent of critics agree with me. The storytelling in this is just a basic biopic. It's not a very good movie that has some amazing performances. And then 75% of people, they'll agree with Matt. Yeah. And maybe that was what we'll find here with this movie as well. And when, you know, I think as time has gone on, more people have come to my side of, Probably. of the streets. This isn't a movie that people really, I don't think is, I can, I don't know how many um, downloads we got in this episode, for instance. I don't think this is a movie that really... Uh, moved a lot of the needle. I mean, it did quite well in the theater, but... It did okay, but yeah. It's sort of... Beside, well, I think Jamie Foxx's performance is remembered but besides, i agree but besides that other than that nothing is right not really no. um and you know when we had mike on uh i did walk hard you walk hard and mike was like this this pretty much like this really killed or i don't say killed is the right word because we had bohemian rhapsody and uh, uh other movies afterwards but this at least put a little damper on musical biopics for like a decade yeah and i because it just basically called them out for all their cliches yep and i think he's right like, uh, like I said, we're seeing, you know, so you had the Elton John one last year. We had Bohemian Rhapsody. Which I can't that. see. I'm not interested in seeing these movies. I have no, in- I, I just. I can't do it. I mean, I, if I we, we covered but, for the show. Why? But to me, it doesn't make any sense. Because no one will do it. It is a rare, rare, rare person that can pull off the musician that they're trying to portray. And it really, if I see, if, his lip sync was perfect. If I see it off, if I see the mannerisms off, if the sound sound weird, songs sound weird, if it's orchestrated in weird ways, I'm just going to, I'm going to hate it. I'm going to, I'm going to think, I don't, I'm so protective of some musicians, some musicians who are really important to me, like Ray Charles uh, or Freddie Mercury, for example, even Elton John to a certain extent. It's got, you know, I really respect and like a lot of his music. If I see it dramatized and it's not the real, it's it'd be really hard for me. I think it also helps that Ray Charles before my time. You know what I mean? Right. So I don't, I don't have, I didn't live my entire, well, Freddie Mercury was too, but he was a part of my youth. Ray Charles really wasn't his big, he was still performing until he died, basically. Right. Yeah. But he, but he wasn't a pop sensation much past the 70s. Did he do some stuff in the 80s maybe that charted? I don't know. 
but that was really before my time. So I think I'm less protective of the visuals of that. But if I see Rami as fucking Bohemian as Freddie Mercury, I, I, I I'm really I, thinking I, it's gonna bother me. I but I think you should give it a shot because if it's done well, you enjoy it. You loved Walk the Line more than I did. I, you loved Ray more than I did. That's right. So if it's done well, you actually do seem to. I just don't like biopics. So I, I, this is going to be a tough sell no matter who's playing anyone. Like, I think they're just boring. It's bad storytelling. You're trying to cram in, you know, 20 years and two hours. It doesn't work. It's just, it's just makes for a bad movie. Well, there's plenty of other movies that we're going to. I see, you know, for this show, two, two movies a week, and there's other movies that I'm right. interested in seeing. Oh, so see. it's just so way down the list. Right. You know, maybe. But I mean, Rami Malik did win the Oscar for Raheem Rhapsody. Now, critics were much colder about that movie as a whole than critics were about Ray. Yeah. That got, and then Rocket Man actually did even worse critically than yeah, he, like people had, had yeah. really very little. Yeah. Um, the movie, those movies, however, both made more, way more money than Ray and Walk the Line did. So the audiences seemed to like it, but the critics didn't. So I don't know. I'm yeah. guessing you, with your critical eye with music, you might not be as generous either. Yeah. Um, on those, but um, no, I think musical biopics for has have have had kind of a resurgence uh, the last few years. Last years. Yeah. Well, and I mean, maybe we'll continue to see him. I don't know. I also. It's really hard for me with the nostalgia biopic, like the, ah, it's just hard for me in general. I don't know, but for, but the way that it's just, he, he looks like he does, he looks like Ray. Like I, I'm, you know, the way that Ray moves is so ingrained in your mind. You see him on video, his performances, how he moves, how he walks, his gait and how he speaks. And it's like indistinguishable when, when, it's a when fan, Jamie Foxx does it. It's a fantastic performance uh for what he's asked to do i mean there's times sometimes the camera gets him just right and it looks yeah like, oh, oh shit, my that, god that's yes. ray charles it, it, you know it's still him it's it's really impressive and obviously jamie fox can even sing like ray charles because he does you know he, he does uh on the kanye west school digger song that's, he does that's, but it's only the beginning on that though remember he only he only sang the very beginning and then they used some other singers to do right, the, the right. sample but yeah yeah he, but, but, no, but jamie, he can but he can sing i mean jamie fox can and that's why it's a rare breed that can do this because he actually has great musical talent like he you see his hands he's playing the piano i mean he's not singing the songs here but his right. hands look right and uh and his the only way for him to lip sync that right is if he could mimic the actual very unique uh singing gait of uh of ray charles like and it, it takes a good musician and a great actor to do a good to great musician great actor to do this Jamie Foxx is fantastic. If it sounds like I'm kind of diminishing his performance, I, I don't entirely mean to. I mean, all, I mean, look, all you can do is work with the ingredients you're given. And that's right. You, he couldn't have made a better beef stew than what he was given. You know, like they gave him, you know, a bag of chicken shit and, yes, and a couple, you know, <laughs> teaspoons of salt. And somehow he made it, he made a, a, you know, a decent meal out of that. But, um, you know, I think, I think even his performance at any given Sunday is more interesting. Uh, I just don't. I just don't think the mimic thing is is that interesting to me for a full length movie. Yeah. Having said that, he couldn't have done any better. I, I I wouldn't. I don't love that he got the Oscar for this. Um, but I'm glad that he got an Oscar in his career though. I feel like his career though has been. Um, Do you think his career was underwhelming? I don't. I, I don't underwhelming. Also underappreciated, and also I'd say I, underappreciated. I right. wonder if, and not to be super woke here, but I wonder if him being a black guy has hurt him. Like, I wonder if he's been, because like, think about like, I don't know, like Chris Evans or some of these people that are not nearly as talented as Jamie Foxx. 
I know Jamie Foxx is, is older than him, but maybe it's the best comp. But, you know, some of these guys, white guys that I feel like aren't nearly as talented are getting much better parts or much better choices. Or, well, what's Chris Evans, besides, like, the Marvel stuff? What, what I are, guess he gets, like, Knives Out. I was just thinking like that. Yeah, like, I know not, it's not a great yeah. role, but that movie made a lot of money. That's true. Um, Or, I don't know, even, like, I know Chris Pratt's younger, so it wouldn't have been great. And I, I don't know. I just, I guess you kind of walk through, and that's, these aren't the best comps because these guys are about 15 years younger than 10 yeah, years younger Yeah, because he's probably 55 at this point or something, something like that. He's, uh, he's a... He, He's old, I think he's more than 10 years older than me. Um, he is. Yeah, you're right. Yep. But he's, he's just had he's such a long career. right now. Okay. Well, or, yeah, so t- 10 years older than me. But I feel like you know, I just, after this movie especially, you know, he does Django, but Django is not for like a few years after this. Like there was like, mm. there's times where, oh, he does this in Collateral the same year. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, and then after that, which I think would just propel him into like superstardom. Yeah, that's a good point. And then he that didn't, that didn't really happen. And- you know, even though, so Tom Cruise is top build in that movie, but it's really, it's, they're almost, they're very equal in they that are. movie. They, they really are. understand why. I mean, Collateral even came oh. out before Ray, so that's, of course. that's fine. Oh yeah, that, that makes sense. I, but I but he that. carries this movie. This, this is him. But he follows it up with, um, with a movie called Stealth, but he was already in oh, that. Oh, that was such a shit. But he was in that before those movies blew up. You know what I mean? That already happened, like. And they killed him off in like the well, first oh, half hour. Well, I don't need to give spoilers away. Who cares? It's a shit movie. It's irrelevant. That's just, that he was in that. Before. Right. All right. But then Jar- he's in Jarhead. Say, you know, on paper, that should work, right? Sam Mendes. Yeah. It's Jake Gyllenhaal. Like, I remember you, it shot well, but. It makes sense to do that movie if you're Jamie Foxx to sign up with Sam. Because Sam Mendes is only a couple years after American Beauty. Like, it yeah. makes sense. Yep, yep, yep. Um, but, like, that movie didn't really No, I resonate. saw the theater, actually. And then he does Miami Vice, which, once again, you're thinking, oh, Michael Mann again. I dirty a collateral with him. Yep. And, and, that, and that movie didn't really resonate. He a lot did, of people like that movie. I saw it once. I don't have a great recall on uh, if it was good or not. It'd be interesting to cover. He had a big role in Dreamgirls. Yeah. Um, but uh, Eddie Murphy kind of stole the show in that one. And that movie is also is just not good. Um, Didn't see it. I, I saw it. But it was not good. Uh, he follows up another war, you know, like, you know, just jarhead. It is, it is The Kingdom. Um, Kingdom's not bad. Which is with Peter Berg directed it. Yep. And, um, you know, he's the top build with Chris Cooper and, Jane, and uh, Jennifer Garner. Uh, I almost said James Garner, which would have been a more interesting movie potentially. <laughs> uh, but like, uh, you know, he does that movie, The Soloist, with Robert Downey Jr. And you think, oh, that Didn't might that that might be a um, like a critical darling and a big hit. You know, Robert Downey Jr. right in the oh, middle of true, the too. Iron Man stuff. That's true. Um, it's coming out in two thousand nine, um, and it only makes thirty eight million. Yep. Um, so like, I I feel like some of the choices he made were made sense maybe on paper, but I also feel like the, these aren't these still don't feel like the best roles for someone that just got nominated for two Oscars and won one in the same year. I feel like, I don't know. I, maybe he was turning down roles I'm not aware of, so maybe it has nothing to do with... Sounds like he was just kind of unlucky with some of those. With the man, with the uh, with Jarhead. Michael Mann. Michael Mann with the yeah. Jarhead. Miami Vice with the Jarhead. And then he doesn't seem to have a huge ego. He does like, supporting roles like uh, in Horrible Bosses, and then he's in um, Baby Driver. He has a supporting oh, yeah, role that's in right. that. Yeah. That's many years later, obviously. And he obviously does Django, and, and that, that, that kind of propels him again. Um, but I don't know. I, I just He's so talented. He's really talented. He can do so many things. He's a, such a great actor. Um, he doesn't get... like I know he's kind of a... Um, I don't want to say volatile personality because that's not fair. But he's definitely someone that maybe has a, you know, he's, he comes from the sketch comedy background. So yep. he definitely kind of speaks his mind, I guess yep. is a better way to say it. Um, but he's never really gets, gets in like trouble. No, he was on Rogan. He did an episode ro- with Rogan and he, he came across as extremely likable in he's that, super in that smart. Yeah. Like how many people can do sketch 
can sing. That's the thing is his range. And then can do a dramatic he performance. He has like, sick range. He can do anything. He, like, yeah. he literally can do anything you ask him to do. And yeah. all of it, and it's not just he can do it good. He can do some of these things great. I know. He's got, a, he's got a, a great voice, too. He really does. I mean, it's not his songs aren't my favorite songs. We did that, uh, that alcohol song, which I find interesting. These aren't great songs, but he has a great voice. Uh, he's, he's, a, he is, he's a very talented musician and an excellent actor. So, no, I, but I don't know if it's underwhelming. I mean, I feel like he took, he, he recorded some albums. He was in some comedies. He was in, he's got nominated and won an Oscar. He, you know what I mean? I feel like he's done a lot of stuff. It, maybe if he concentrated only on acting or only on dramatic roles, maybe he would have, maybe would have won more Oscars. Maybe, I don't know. He's only been nominated twice that year. Other than that one year, he's never been nominated for another performance. It doesn't seem right either. You'd think Django would, he'd be on. He I know, been I know. He got cheated with Django. He, he did. He's, you know, he's gotten, yeah, that's um, too bad. He's gotten three, uh, uh, nominations for Golden Globes, which is interesting. Best actor for Ray. He was not nominated for Collateral for Golden Globe. Um, but he was, he got nominated for a miniseries and then, uh, I'm sorry. He did get uh, collateral. He got three nominations the same year for golden globes. Has he ever done theater? I don't know. I'd imagine he'd be good there too. Uh, he's never been nominated. I don't, I don't think so. I don't, you don't that. think so. I mean, no, he, no, no, I'm sure he, I'm sure he could be. Guys, I don't think yeah. he's ever done it. I mean, he I mean, do anything. um, but isn't that crazy? He's, he's nominated for three golden globes the same year for three different things. That is a crazy. miniseries called redemption. The Stan Tookie Williams story. I don't know anything about that. Don't know. Uh, then nominated for collateral. And then, uh, he won for Ray. Uh, and he, he's, he's won a Grammy. He's won an Oscar. Right. Um, right. So he, he doesn't have an Emmy. He doesn't have a, a Tony. So he's not an EGOT. But I mean, he, I, mean I, I think if you just put he it. He could have. I mean, he could. If he wanted to, he could. Yeah. I think. So, um, so yeah. you're underwhelmed. Um, I guess I don't underwhelm. I don't, I don't know what the word is. I guess I'm just, I guess a tiny bit. But I don't think, I don't know if it's his fault. Are you disappointed that he's, he, you don't think he's getting the respect he deserves? It's I not think that his it's career that, is, honestly. Is, it's not that his career isn't good. Yeah, I just I want more. I don't know. Well, he's still. I mean, he's a young enough guy. He can. He, do, he can. I mean, he can do what he does for another thirty years if he wants to. He is, and I and I also get like doing like some of these movies. It might have been chasing the dollar a little bit, and I totally get it because look, I mean, yeah, you got to take. You know, I think you definitely should do like one of those big studio films when you get that big because when else that that you might not get the opportunity again, right? So certainly cash that check, but. After that, you'd like to see him do some different things. But I, I do wonder how many really great parts are written for, you know, I'm guessing there's a lot less great parts written for black guys than there are for, for white guys. I'm sure. Um, you know, you just go through your mind about like, all right, who's nominated for Oscars or, or what are some movies that really, you know, because, uh, and, and you, like Joaquin Phoenix, and Joaquin Phoenix is a better actor than, than Jamie Foxx. Not by a lot. Not by a lot, though. You know, is he get, is Philip Seymour Hoffman getting those roles? And Philip, and obviously, I know Philip Seymour Hoffman and Jamie Foxx, I doubt, are going for the same roles a ton. No way. But maybe more than you might think. I mean, Jamie Foxx could have been the bad guy in that Mission Impossible oh, movie. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? I know, I'm, I'm, I'm really stretching it here. I'm trying to think of people who are roughly his age. But it's yes. t- honestly, I'm having a hard time thinking of a comp for Jamie Foxx because he's so unique. Yes. Yeah. Did he do, he could be an action star. I mean, he could do, he could really do anything. Right. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I I wonder if it just comes down to choices and some luck. He was in some movies that he probably could have gotten better critical acclaim for, but for some reason, fans passed on it. Um, and yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. It's hard to say. I'm not. It's. I guess I am disappointed. I would say I'm disappointed with 
He's not mentioned in the name of the greats. That's it, right. He, he, when you think about the great actors, and I would probably do it myself, I would probably forget about him. Yeah. I would think, like, all right, Joaquin Phoenix, Christian Bale, DiCaprio. Right. Um, and maybe, like I said, DiCaprio maybe is a, is a better character. DiCaprio's a little bit younger, but not by too much. Well, like five or six maybe, years. Yeah, he's you know, a little DiCaprio, And DiCaprio's a better actor, so it's, maybe it's not a fair comp. But you know, he's going to go get, like, Jamie Foxx can't be in Wolf of Wall Street. No. Like, he's playing a white guy. Like, right. You know, or, or, you know what I mean? Like, you start going... I don't know. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I wish there was more. I, I, I'm shocked. A guy of his talent at 53 has only been nominated for two Oscars and hasn't been nominated for an Oscar in almost 20 years now. And you're like, all right, something's wrong there. Yeah. Surprise! Did he only do one with Tarantino? He should. I wonder if that'll yes. happen again. Yeah, that was it. It was just Django. Just Django. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jimmy Tarantino doesn't make any movies, though. That's true. You know, and right. So I'm, I'm sure that if he, if he did, he'd work with, with him again. People seem to like working with him. Michael Mann worked with him a couple of times. I mean, what? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so this movie had a hard time getting made. Took about 15 years. Uh, the script was there. Uh, eventually one producer stepped up, Philip uh, Anschutz or Anschutz or yeah, something. I'm not sure and, how to pronounce his name. You know, you hear one producer, like, all right. You know, no, but it, well, his, his production company. It's even more than that. Is so, it? right. So usually what happens is with movies, you'll have studios and studios bankroll a good portion of films and things. For some reason, no studio really want to touch this. So, um, uh, this, uh, yeah, let's get his name. It's, it's was it? What did you say his name? Was? It's uh, it's A N S C H U T Z. So Anschutz or Anschutz. And he's a billionaire. Yeah, he he's is. Like one of the richest people in the world. Yeah. And he said, like, "Listen, uh, you can make this movie because this was uh, you know, Taylor Hackford's the director. We probably should mention him. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, right. Uh, and uh, and he's uh, Taylor Hackford. This has been his passion project for a long time. He's married to Helen Mirren. He did Officer and Gentleman. Yep." He's not a particularly great director, in my opinion. You can see it here. Um, but uh, he wanted to make this movie for a long time. He couldn't, studios wouldn't touch it. Because think about it, it's before Walk the Line. You know, had this movie come out a couple years later, I bet every studio in the world would have grabbed it. That's a good point. But, uh, but you know, he, he started the trend, if you will, um, to some extent. Uh, and this guy, this billionaire, is like, I'll, I'll pay for all of it myself. $40 million. Which you don't typically see. Now, sometimes you do see that. Uh, you have seen some... Middle Eastern people do this where you can't get the funding in America and some people will go overseas, whether it be to Asia or to the Middle East and yeah. get funding from one source. Um, but you don't typically see it in America a ton. It was, it's kind of bizarre, but he did have one stipulation. So it has to be a PG-13 movie. I saw that. And you, and you, you do feel it here. Uh, having said though, I mean, if you're that guy, that's how movies make radar movies don't make money. PG-13 movies do. That's exactly. I wonder if it was just a financial of course it was. financial decision. It's like we need to get this in the right. We need to give this the best chance. If I'm putting all 40 million online, we need to give this the best chance possible. Right. And the only way to do that is PG-13, so everybody can go and see it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it worked and out it, for but, him. But they were they resisted that for a while. What what didn't um like Taylor Hackford like fought back a bunch of times and yeah. almost walked. Who knows? Yeah, he probably I, I, wouldn't yeah. have walked on it, but. I, I think I, I think that Taylor Hackford being a little dramatic. I doubt he really because yeah. trying to get we made fifteen years. You probably yeah, he's willing to do yeah, it. You should do he it. He told you up front what the stipulation was, right? And now you're like walking you're upset. Fight, yeah, that, that's a lie. You don't um, think he's very good? So I I liked Officer and a Gentleman. I thought that was pretty good. I haven't seen it in forever. Uh, against all odds, I've never seen. For some reason, I don't know why I missed that one. I feel like that's been in pop culture, or it was pop culture to like I should have seen that at, yeah. at some point. Have you seen Against All Odds? I haven't. Good? 
I should see that sometime. White Knights, I liked as a kid with Barishnikov and, <laughs> yeah, and, and Gergen Hines. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I saw, I as, I saw as a kid. I, I, I can't give a uh, I like Barishnikov a lot. I think he's got uh, he's got something. Devil's Advocate, of course, which uh, didn't really well, work. Dolores Claiborne, too. Which oh, is yeah, I forgot about that one. Particularly, you know, it's it's a boring Stephen King book. It's also a boring Stephen King movie. Yeah, I saw a that. Devil's Advocate is, is goofy. Proof of Life is goofy. Yeah, that didn't work. Um, and then he follows. So, fo- so what happened with Taylor Hackford, you're probably wondering. So he does Ray, and he follows that up with a movie called Love Ranch which was another one of his passion projects. He didn't write it, though. He wrote Ray. He didn't write this, but um, but he got to work with his wife, Helen Mirren. Joe Pesci's in this, and it's about owning a, a brothel. Um, and um, the movie cost $25 million to make. Okay. Okay. Do you want to know what it brought in for box office? You tell me. Any guess? $1.2 million. Well, you're close if you take the one away. $137,000. What the fuck? And that... And that that was the end of don't Taylor you, Hackford. Don't you put it? In, don't you put it in enough theaters to begin with? It was that- well, a movie like that. So first off, they put it. They it released it in the summer, which is bizarre because you wouldn't. You know what I mean? Like, how would that gonna? How's that gonna compete? Yeah. June 2010. It's probably going up against some Marvel movies. Like, how's that? Oh, gonna, is that what it was? I don't 2010. Know. It was June 2010, right? So oh, it's going Jesus. up against right, like right the week before July 4th. It's yeah, going up you, against these major fucked. movies. So you probably want to release a movie of this in the fall or in the or in Christmas to get some Oscar buzz. But I think the studio saw this movie wasn't very good. The critics panned it right off the bat. Like, Helen Mirren is good, but, like, stay away from this movie. Mm. And um, it just, it you know, it was DOA before it even came out. And he did a couple other movies um, after that. He did a movie called Parker with, uh, with, yeah, with Jason uh, Statham. Yeah. Um, and, and even back then, it was, you know, that's peak Statham. And, and Jennifer Lopez in that. And it barely made its money back. And then he does a movie called The Comedian. Uh, with uh, Robert De Niro, which actually interests me. It seems interesting to me. Uh, it cost $10 million to make. It made less than two. Jesus Christ. I mean, it, but that, he's just... Well, the, in the beginning of his career, he was a money-making machine. I mean, he was doing... Not a money-making machine. No, Against All Odds, White Knights, uh, Devil's Advocate. All those movies made money, I thought. Ray made money? I mean, Ray made money. What I, was I, the one before? There was one I mean, that made... You know, Officer and Gentleman, that was, that was a movie that... That made well. That, that, that made a lot of money. That, okay. that is fair to your point. Yeah. Against All Odds, I mean... Didn't that make... Good money? No, I mean twenty million dollars. That it? Yeah. It feels like it was everywhere. I don't know why. I have like this know. this like blight. White Nights was a success. I made forty million. It, you know, okay. it doubled its money. No, it's just, I wouldn't call it a money making machine though. It's not like Steven Spielberg. All right, maybe not. Yeah, I think he he had, he had a couple. He had two major hit movies: Officer, Gentleman, and Ray. Um, and he had a couple mild successes. Um, and then he you know he had a few bombs. And at the end of the day, he's a you know, studio director. Yeah. Um, although the studio rejected him with Ray. So finally, uh, was it Universal distributed? So what happens with this is this is a problem when you have uh, independent financing. So, right, you have this billionaire come in and the billionaire is like, all right, I'll pay for your film. All right, the film gets made. Yeah. But you still need to have that relationship with the movie theaters to put the film out. And studios have that. And this billionaire doesn't know who the movie theaters are. doesn't know who I the see. guy in Regal is to do that. So, um, so they take a big chance. So basically what happens is they make the movie and the studio then watches the movie. Ugh. Sometimes it doesn't get that late in the game. Sometimes just some dailies will be enough. But um, and be like, all right, listen. Well, for X amount of the the gross, we will distribute the movie. So we'll well we'll yeah, so we'll, we'll ten, pay 10%, for that twenty percent dis- distribution rights. Yeah. You'll see this a lot of times. Like some uh, some of the early Marvel movies. I think it was true with Iron Man. Uh, they had a different uh, studio do the uh, that's right foreign distribution because th- that studio will be like, all right we'll we'll expend the money to get the movie in theaters in Asia or Europe whatever yep. um, but yeah so they so I mean yeah it's a huge risk for this billionaire because they can make this movie and the studios are like this is fucking shit I'm not gonna spend any money distributing this now you're left with forty million dollars just like a that no theater will even know about would it be a big lose though for the distributing um, com- the distributing um 
production companies? Like, not really, right? Because they're really. just nego- it's just kind of negotiations. Oh, they're not came- putting up a lot of money up front. Sometimes they pay for the marketing to okay. the commercials and stuff. Because they have their relationship with the TV. I see. And the, you know, so it, it, depending on the film it, the, and depending on the risk and depending on what percentage of gross they're getting, that can all change. Yeah. Right. The risk is much less than making the movie. Right. But there is still some risk involved. Um, but no, but this guy made a fortune. I mean, he, that movie double tripled its money back. I'm sure that he has the DVD and streaming rights to this day. I mean, it was a really good risk for him. He's a billionaire for a reason, I guess. Anyway, this movie, that's not that risky of a play. I don't understand why studios were so apprehensive. I don't know. Maybe, maybe to your point, there wasn't a lot of bio music biopics before that. And Ray was still maybe because Ray wasn't, Ray was beloved, but, and he was on tour. My buddy, Andrew May uh, was on tour with him. He did, uh, did some sound for, for Ray before he died. But yeah, but maybe, maybe because he wasn't like a big, he was beloved, but he wasn't a big star at that point. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. maybe that's it too. Right? Ray, Char- Ray Charles wasn't a- I feel like people forgot about Ray Charles a little they bit did. too. In the like, 90s for sure. Yeah, and it was because it maybe in who's- um, It's like maybe Stevie Wonder became more dominant, even though I don't think he's, he's anywhere near as good. I don't know. Well, Billy Joel had an interesting quote. Billy Joel said that he thinks that Ray Charles is more important to the history of rock and roll than Elvis Presley is. I, I think maybe. he'd be right. Maybe. That's the thing, too, is I really enjoy Ray Charles' music. Um, I will say the songs picked in this movie are all, they're all really good. Every Ray Charles song is, is good. Uh, but they're all songs I've heard 10 times. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So it's like, they I, had to do that, though. Oh, I, I don't blame them, but it's also, for me, it's like, all right, so I'm hearing songs I've heard 10 gazillion times. Right. I'm seeing an impression of someone. It's a very, it's a brilliant impression, but it's still an impression. And the storytelling is so clunky and awful. I mean, I gave the examples where I keep going uh, of just, just, it's just a mess. And then I can't, I can't recommend this Hard film. for me to push back on, on that one. There's many problems that I had in the script too. I totally agree with. And uh, I don't think the direction was particularly good. The foot, once again, we're at fucking wipes all over the place. It looked bad. What was, what was up with those? I don't get it. And then the edit. So this got a, a nomination for editing, dude. Editing. It got, it got, I'm like, what? I got six nominations. Yeah. Uh, best picture, best director, actor, of course, for Jamie Foxx. That's the only one that won. Sound mixing, uh, costume, and editing. Sound mixing makes sense. Actor totally makes sense. Best picture, director does not make sense. When you look at the other films here, costume, I, I can see that. But editing, editing's the one that really floors me. It's like, this is not well edited. This is the best picture. So Million Dollar Baby wins. Yeah. Which which I think it deserved to. I, yeah. I, really, I really love that movie. I know, I know in time, people have cooled on it a bit. I, I, I love it just as much as I did when I saw it. Uh, also nominated, the, uh, the Aviator. Yep, good movie. Which is good. Yes, I agree. Finding Neverland, which I, I don't think it's that all bad. Right. I think it's pretty good. It's all right. Uh, I think it's better than Ray. And then Sideways, which is also better than Ray. I don't like Sideways at all, but I know I don't an anomaly love it. there. Some people love it. Yeah. I don't love it, but it's better than Ray. Uh, best Director, uh, it was um, Eastwood from Million Dollar Baby who won. Makes sense. Uh, Scorsese for The Aviator. Yep. Um, remember, this is before Departed, so it's another example of him losing. He still had not won uh, <laughs> uh, Best Director yet. Uh, Taylor Hackford for Ray, which is ridiculous, because I'll explain why in a second. Uh, Alexander Payne for Sideways, and then Mike Lee for Vera Drake. The fuck is that? I don't the know. fuck movie is that? I think it's a British thing. Um, Finding Neverland um, uh, was the director that was left off there. Yeah, that's, that's an all right movie. I, I don't know. So that means the director for Hotel Rwanda didn't get nominated. That sucks. The director for um, uh, Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind didn't oh, get directed. No. <laughs> didn't get nominated. <laughs> I forgot about like, that. You go through the list and it's like, they're actually, this is a sneaky good movie year. And um, there were some really talented people that didn't get didn't get their just due there. Oh, I forgot about um, I forgot about Eternal Sunshine. Yeah, that's a much better movie too. 
Hotel Rwanda as well. And Hotel Don Rwanda Gio. is a great movie. It really is. That's a That's really a good movie. movie that people have kind of forgotten about. I think if you're looking for a good movie to watch uh, this weekend or, or when you're hearing this, check out Hotel Rwanda. Yeah. The director of Hotel Rwanda was Terry George, by the way, and director, of course, for A Ton of Sunshine is, is uh, Michael Gondry. Yep. Um, or Michelle Gondry, how do you pronounce that? Uh, other movies that maybe should have gotten... Some people liked Closer that year. Eh. You don't like that. I thought it was pretty good. That's the one. That's the four. I still like the story. The, I think. Yeah. Okay. Uh, people, some people like The Incredibles. We covered that for the show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't have a say about that. Uh, was, I think it was Cinderella Man that year as well. I don't know. There were a few other movies that I liked that maybe didn't get didn't get a lot of Oscar love here. Apparently, but you said Collateral as well, which which I a Collateral think is a, right, is a which is a movie. much better movie. Yeah, that's a good call. Right. Yeah. So right. I agree. And Michael Mann's direction direction in Collateral was much better than the direction in this movie. Editing's better. Uh, yeah. Cinematography's better. Not that it was nominated. Dire- yeah, exactly. Direction, picture, all that stuff. Is- Collateral's better. Collateral's a better movie. Uh, anything else you have on this? Um- I don't think so. Um, the other thing that stands out, though, is the cast. So I think the cast is quite good. None of them were, were... It made sense that when I was looking through the supporting actors and actresses, it made sense that none of them were, you know... It was there was kind of a big year with uh, supporting actors and actors in the and uh, in, in other in other good movies, so it, it sort of made sense. But I but I do but I think maybe the sum is better than than each individual. You know what I mean? Like I lo- who's the guy that plays uh, Ahmed? Of course, is uh, um oh what the heck's that guy's name? Um oh I uh, I forget his name. Um, uh, the other guy was Richard Schiff from West Wing. Yes, Rank. exactly. Who's yeah. good? Yeah. Um oh fuck where where is he? Where is he? Where is he? By the way, other movies I liked better. Oh, uh, Curtis Armstrong, of course. Curtis Armstrong from yeah. uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Yes, very, and he's, and he's, he's very good he's here. Good I really love that relationship. I love seeing the Ray relationship with the record with that record company. Me too, but then terrible storytelling. So he leaves Atlantic, and you're like, oh, wow, Like he's leaving Atlantic. They were so good to him, and he goes to ABC. He does. But ABC's pretty good to him too. Yeah, well, I mean, he gets... Well, yeah, but they yeah. take care, like take care of his legal stuff. They They're do trying to, to trying to help him. But they initially, the storytelling is so poor. They initially try to paint the ABC guy as like this kind of like money hungry asshole, like the way he shot, the things he's saying up top. I know. But then he's like, no, he's well, I'm trying to help you out, Ray. Yeah, I think that's right. It's like, oh, okay, so then he probably made the right choice by leaving Atlantic. He probably did. So I don't know. They made it feel. They made us feel complicated about it, which was strange. It's just so. I mean, he got seventy five percent of the royalties, and he, got, and to he got to keep the masters. I mean, that's like how do you say you can't say no to that? It was just bizarre. Yeah, it was, it was a bizarre, bizarre. It was um, so movies I liked in two thousand four. But so Cinderella Man, by the way, did not come out that year. But okay. In Good Company, which is a movie I like a lot. Yeah, that's a good movie. Um, a very long engagement, which is a, a French film. Um, don't know. Uh, you like Steve's uh, Life Aquatic, right? I don't like Life. No, I, I, th- I, I did not. It did not hit for me. I thought it's. I think it's okay. I think I like it better than you. But it doesn't even touch the other film. It doesn't touch um, Royal Tenenbaums. Doesn't touch Anchorman. Yeah, but that's not going to get. It. I know. Well, isn't that unfair though? That's the that's the comedy bias, right? I like Garden State more. Um, I like Kill Bill Volume Two more. I like The Terminal more. Yeah. It is, it is, it, some people like Napoleon Dynamite. I do not. I hate that. Oh, movie. that's a good movie. Um. But yeah, so there's there are other options. Uh, I'm sorry I didn't. But Ray, Ray uh, what did I say? A C. You gave it a C and you gave it a thumbs down, though. I think you. I think, C and a thumbs down. But it's it like, up. go watch fucking Jamie Foxx's performance, though. Are you kidding me? I watched for five minutes and shut the movie off, then I guess. I mean, uh, all right, well, thumbs up for five minutes, then we will have a new category. A movie. This movie also is way too long. I agree with that. Two and a half hours is a lot. We've had two long movies right in a fucking row, by the way. I don't know what you're trying to do to me. 
I'm not. I'm not I, would, I don't. I, well, I guess I. I didn't pick Ray. I picked. Oh no, I did pick Ray because the garage was number one. Yes, so I did pick Ray. Garage was number. Oh, I yeah. see. Okay. Uh, no, I think that's about it. Anything else you want to talk about before we uh, move <laughs> move, uh, move on to lean back to a real musical genius? Here we go. Don't dance, I never thought we'd get here. My favorite song. I know. This Finally, right? It's, you didn't even have to use it on your burn on your birthday week. I know. I liked that. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's not a good song, um, but it's not. It's 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 not like it's a badly made song. It's just a, it's a nothing song. It's just it's, there's nothing there. The lean back hook is like nothing. I don't know if we ever covered a song where there's been less. Like, I don't know. If, like, I, I walked in. I told Matt. I said, Matt, I'll just be honest with you. I said, I said, Matt, I said, do you want to call an audible here and just talk about Ray Charles music instead of talking about the song? Because I, I've never sat. We've done, this is our, what, episode 201. Yep. I've never sat down with less to say about a song <laughs> than I am right now. I don't know what to say. I don't care about the people involved. I don't hate them or like them. I don't. I'm just going to be honest with you guys. I don't care. The, nothing about this song was interesting, or but also not like bad. No, that's the thing. It's it's really a nothing song. It could be on the background. You know what it is? I, and it's it was strange to me that it sold, it, this hit number one for three weeks. Not the week we're in, by the way. This is number five this week, but we covered the number one song. Oh. So you picked this? I had to. Listen to the, what I got come here. On, I, we had, dude, come on, dude. We've got My Boo, which was the Usher and Alicia Keys song. Remember that piece of shit song that we had to cover? Yeah. Um, we had Lose My Breath, which was Destiny's Child, but we've already done Beyonce a couple times. Yeah. I'm like, come on. And then I got Lean Back as number four. The second one was Goodies, which is Ciara and Petey Pablo. I listened to that. There's better Ciara. Ciara's got some good songs. Like, let's not, I don't want to burn Ciara on that, uh, Ciara so on that bullshit this? song. You listen, there's I was, like, oh, I'm handcuffed. What's next? I, I was handcuffed. I was looking at, you look at this Hot 100 from this week, and it is fucking abysmal. I went all the way down the list. I have, still haven't even chosen the second song for this week yet. The Patreon I know. Song, because I'm going down the list, and I'm like, this is fucking bullshit. So you wonder, this hit, but it did hit number, and that's the other reason. It did hit number one for three weeks. So I was like, oh, that's fine. And we're going right. to, you know, so that we don't have to do it again. Like, let's just get this out no. of the way now. <laughs> okay. Who is this again? Terror Squad? For Terror Squad. Okay. But it's Fat Joe, really. He's like the leader. Terror right. Squad's like his gang, right? Okay. It's uh, So Fat Joe record um, was a recording artist and just needed his, his backup buddy. So he got these people together. Terror Squad did backups they, all, on Fat all... Joe. And then, uh, so then they're like, oh, well, now we've got this. We're the, you know, we're the, we're the gang now. So let's do our own album called Terror Squad. Fat Joe's on it, but it features the other the other rappers and artists. And then after this, so, well, all right, let's <laughs> go through. I've got things that are, I've that's got good. things. That's good, I'm glad you do. Actually, things. it's good you do, because I have nothing. So I, I, not I, appreciate, I appreciate you having it. I just want to bow tie this, though, on the, on, on the the thing that makes it <laughs> weird of, is that it hit, so it hit number one on the Hot 100, which is album sales, but it hit some. It did not. It hit like number sixteen on the top forty. That means it wasn't getting a lot of radio plays. Yes, it got on the R&B charts and the rap charts. So I'm like, why? It's well, it, it was. Uh, it was on a like a video game. It was on one of the racing video games. that was big. Oh, like Gran Torino. It, it wasn't Gran Torino. It was no. Uh, I'll have. To that's look. interesting. I wonder how often that's influenced. I remember when that, um, I think that's what happened. It's I remember, when Vice, remember Vice City came out yes. and there was a big craze like yes. for Gary Newman's cars. Yes. Or, like it, it definitely like because you think about it, when you're younger, you don't, uh, especially for the '80s stuff. You, maybe you never heard it before. And you're like, oh, it's really interesting new sound to them. 
And for this, maybe just hey, I like Need this for one. Speed was the okay. Was yeah, the that's one. a big one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think that that particular one. Oh wow. Um, sold you know 15 million copies right. of, of the of of the video game. So you think about all these kids who are sitting down playing the video game and they hear the song like, oh, okay. And once again, we're, it's, it's almost like a Drake scenario too, where someone is listening to this song doing something else. Right. And it makes complete sense. It and does. So, uh, in 2004, we didn't have streaming of that. People are still buying MP3s uh, or, or physical copies of stuff. So they, if they wanted this and they didn't want to play the video game, they'd have to go buy it, really. It does make perfect sense to, to, to uh, have during a video game. Exactly. This is like, I think about like when I'm playing Madden or if I'm playing... You know, and I'm doing like kind of the front office stuff. So you're not actually playing a game, but you're doing this stuff like making trades or signing plays. You're kind of focused on that. And to have something like this song in the background actually wouldn't be so bad. It's fine. The because the chorus is so simple. The it's beats not like the beats like fun enough. Yeah, it's a where little. It's yes. like it just kind of keeps you going. But then like, but if you just spend like 20 seconds like thinking about it, you're like, I don't know. This isn't. It's a, not a lot here. No, I would never listen to this for pleasure. Yeah. I'm not going to go lay in my bed with my headphones on and fucking lean back. Like that's not happening. Uh, even even the song like is like we, we don't really give a shit. Just sing that. <laughs> That's right. Just fine, man. Just like just chill out. It's all good. Like just play your game. Hang out. Play yes. Back. Yes. 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 There are actually better songs on this album. Did you listen to any of it? I I, I did. I listened to. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I did not listen to the whole album. I listened to about four songs. I also listened to some stuff in their older album. Yeah, the first one. So that, I guess those are different people though. They well, yeah, because two, the Terror Squad was like eight people, but one died. Big Pun dies, mm-hmm. which I can talk about for a second. Um, and then two of the others were lazy and fat Joe, like kicked him out of the band. Yeah. He did not like them. He's, um, yeah, which is sad. Yeah. Well, I mean, if they're not fucking doing anything, it's not, like they, fucking, not like they're that prolific. Like, I, they must've been really lazy. I, like, they I'm do, right. Like, they do, Cause they did that first <laughs> album. So, right. so they do the first album. Not like the Beatles in the sixties. All right, let's do this part. They do the first album <laughs> and, um, a <laughs> big pun, which is short for big punisher dies like pretty soon thereafter in, in early 2000. He's 28 years yeah, old. Guy, yeah. When he was 18, when he was 18 years old, he was 180 pounds. Oh my God. A few years later, he swells to 300 pounds. Oh, that's not good. Then they're supposed to, Big Pun and Fat Joe is supposed to do a song on SNL with, uh, it's, it might be Jennifer Lopez, something like that. Into, in, in 2000, he says he can't, he, he calls out sick and doesn't do the show. Oh, no. I didn't go and find, I didn't have time to go find the SNL because I wonder if it was, if it was, uh, if it was Joe, Fat Joe and, and Jennifer Lopez who actually did that. I don't know. But he goes back to his hotel. Two days later, he's dead. His weight when he, when he died was 628 pounds. No. 620 motherfucking So he went from eight. 180 to 610 years? In 10 years. How is that possible? Oh my God. And you want, it's, was he just, did he, yeah, did he, he sick? I, he had a gland I, problem or something? I, I, I think his body shut down because he was 628 no, 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 pounds. No, no, no. So, like, no, no. how'd he get there though? Is what I'm saying. Did he, yeah, no, he, I think he, I think he had anxiety. I think he was, he was an oh, eater. Wow. Yeah. I think he had a, well, uh, obviously he was, man. <laughs> well, no shit. Well, you're asking me how. It's like <laughs> calories in motherfucker. <laughs> but, uh, but he, um, he actually dropped a bunch of weight for a while. Like he, I think he fluctuated back oh, and no, forth, and that, heart, that probably right? did more damage yeah. to him because. So he enrolled at a a, a fat loss clinic. In, man, that sounds terrible. At Duke University, oh. lost like a hundred pounds. Uh, so that was when he was three hundred. Came down to closer to two hundred, oh. but didn't finish the program, and then oh, no. went back to eating. He got a lot of shit on from. Uh, he got shit on a lot from his uh, from the the terror squad. Oh no! And so he started hiding his eating. So he had a lot of shame around his eating. So then he's, you know, he's probably eating to make himself feel better. 628 pounds. He is actually, um, wow. A, I would say. 
You can catch me in the cherry red 150. This is him. Big pun. Yeah. I think he's he was a talented rapper too. Yeah, he's got good flow. It's pretty wild that the guy at 600 pounds is the third laziest person in the Paris squad. <laughs> and also not the one designated as fat. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty it's like, impressive. Should have been like, I don't know, big, <laughs> big Joe and fat pun or something. Right. Yeah, no, but no, I know. So, okay, yeah. so that, that all happens. But, the, the, but then Terra Squad also has Remy Ma. Remy Ma uh, is a, she's an accomplished um, female rapper. She, she sold some albums, probably a few million copies, but she also is one of only nine female rappers who ever topped the Hot 100. So, wow. That, 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 it's pretty good. This this is, is an yeah, so there's, there's yeah. a couple people in here. So, Fat Joe. I don't really like Fat Joe, but he's accomplished, sold maybe 10 or 15 million yeah, I albums. Really, I, I tried to listen to some of his stuff too. The slow I jam stuff at all. Yeah, it's not for me. So him, Big Pun, was good. And then yeah. Remy Ma was, is, is yeah. good. So th there's some there's some talent there, but it sounds like the rest of them were just Klingons. Yeah. Um, so then that takes me to the song. Um, the re we, we, I mentioned this before the show, but there's a remixed version. There's a couple remixed versions. There's, uh, but the one that I like, I don't really like the song, is the one way to sell it with Eminem on it? This is Eminem. I like it. I like that. That's not. No, he blows everybody else, else away. Oh, I'm sure. So in this next not. section, he does this. Okay. He rhymes. He goes even... Uh, we'll, we'll listen to it, then I'll tell you. Here. He does something completely brilliant here. And that is he rhymes even further to Miami all the way back to California. IA. So it's rhyme, rhyme. It'll probably be best right now if I warn Dre. So rhyme, rhyme, rhyme. And then he delays the rhyme and get on the horn with him. Tell him, is the delay, about the storm coming all our way. So he goes rhyme, 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 delay for two, 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 um, two beats or two measures, and then rhymes again. And then he, he delays rhymes again. He goes, so tell a pal, grab a gal right now, get on the floor while I wait. So that's delay rhyme again. He just He's just so innovative with his flow. Like no one... No other rapper on the song, the remix version of the regular version, even touches Eminem's flow. And he yeah, probably, but, but even he sounds lazy here. His delivery is lazy. Well, I mean, he's, I mean, he's trying the to terror squad makes people lazy. Like even even he's just like eh, it's, it's kind of saying jam it, kind of saying it's, like, it. it's big papa. I never I don't know if I've ever heard Eminem with his heart less into something than that. I think he's trying to do it style. Like he does a nasal style. He he's uh he's affecting his voice. I think he's doing that on purpose though. Everyone, I give everyone a just sounds bored. That's boring. Or, or, it's a boring song, but he still is flashes his fucking genius in front of them. Like no one else can. He probably has to like dumb himself down to like fit in with the fucking terror squad. The terrors. <laughs> the terrible squad. The, no, the terror squad. I think the terror is like just work doing anything. It's just boring. It's lazy. <laughs> yeah, this and just sucks. like, eh, this, this, this is just weird. Needless to say, uh, they have more fun. Like it's kind of a super group. They're all kind of coming together. Like, like, you yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Maybe they'd be like, like, they wear capes Energized and, shit. and having fun. Yeah, well, uh, needless to say, this is the only song that ever charted for them. I mean, I think they had something in... Well, they don't really do a lot, though. No, but, but, but shockingly. Two, yeah, two <laughs> albums. 
uh, two albums, and this is the only one. That's that's. It's not a good song, but it was in a video game, so it sold. I think that's probably what I got. Okay, that's that's a lot more than I had. So see, you can count. What was on that? Me. Eleven minutes of. There we go. Something I else. I think it's eleven more minutes <laughs> than I had. So <laughs> not, not bad. Not not a lot there in that uh, song. I don't blame me at all. Um. So this is the week the Red Sox won the World Series. Yes. So I was living in Florida at the time, and I flew back home. I remember uh, you telling. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. That. So I was just like, um, uh, they. I was working a dead end job at a call center, and I was just like, in a mall. Kind of. Well, yeah, okay. in a strip mall. Yeah. Um, I think I talked about Accent working for them, right? Yeah. Um, the Sprint uh, call center in a previous episode. Uh, probably would have been a 2004 episode. And I was just like, eh, I want to go home. I want to. I just want to hang out with my friends and watch the World Series with my friends. So I. Uh, that when they, when they won game seven, I booked a flight and came home. I, I, you know, I was able to stay at my parents. So, um, I didn't have to pay for a hotel or anything. Game seven of the ALCS, by the way. Excuse me. Game seven of the ALCS against the Yankees. Yeah. Um, and I just booked a flight and came home and then. Why I, not? It felt, must've felt hist- like we knew like going in, this feels historic. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I, the Red Sox, you know, had, had made the world series in, until 86 now. Yeah. So even just getting there was kind of a fun novelty of itself. Absolutely. And plus you got to, you had, you had to kind of like their chances, you know? Well, yeah. Especially um, after 2003 card- losing to the Yankees in, in right. seven. I mean, but you know, but then the Yankees of course lost the Marlins, but th- that year, but uh, the Cardinals were a hundred win team. So don't get me wrong. It was definitely like, Oh, this, they could lose, but yep. it was like, all right, let's go kind of enjoy this. So I, uh, you know, I lived in new England for either in Saugus for the two years preceding that or in New Hampshire, for a good chunk of that. So I had a lot of friends that were still in that area. I was only in Florida at that point for like, I don't know, seven months, six yeah, months. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I watched each game with a different group of friends. So game one, I was at a house party, uh, with a bunch of friends of mine. We, so we, we watched game one together on like a, a projection. Yeah. TV. It was pretty cool. Uh, cause I hadn't seen a ton of those back then. Um, and I, you know, the cool thing, of course, as you know, the Red Sox swept the Cardinals. So was, every game was a win. So every game kind of was a party. It was. And, um, Game two, I watched with my parents. Game three, I watched with a different friend. And then it was up 3-0. And um, me and um, one of my friends, Jared, this is the guy that, um, uh, remember that I talked earlier about playing wiffle ball at uh, my friend's house and the mom would not let us in the house? Uh, yes. Under no circumstances? Yes, yes, So yes. Uh, we had to pee and shit in the woods? Yes. Uh, so this was uh, uh, him all grown up. We, uh, him, myself, and then two other friends all went to Copperfields uh, outside of Fenway Park. Now, game four was in St. Louis, so it was not like the Red Sox were there. Right. But I'm like, oh, it'd be kind of fun to be near Fenway Park Fuck when they yeah. win and kind of be part of that whole um, madness that could envelop. I just wanted to kind of just be in the chaos. So, uh, Copperfield is a, is a, is a f- kind of a dive bar. It used to be a dive bar. It's been gone since 2015, I think. But um, it's right near Fenway Park. It's like, I don't know, it's like right almost in front of it. If you, It's not on Yawkey Way, but on that other street. I what the street's called. But uh, same street, is like Cask and Flag, and if you just keep going down the street. So, um, went there, we, we got seats. Uh, uh, the cool thing that Red Sox never were trailing that entire game. So it was really like a party. I did go to the bathroom neck. I had to pee. And for some reason there was like blood all over the floor and the sink in the bathroom Jesus in the, the men's room. And you're like, what the fuck? So I came back in and I, I, I was telling we were, I was with the group. I don't know. say eight people. And I'm like, Hey, I just went in the bathroom and I'm like, there's blood all over the place. And then a girl with was like, she had to go to the bathroom. So then she came back and she like an inning later, and she goes, there's a lot of blood in the women's room as well. Jesus. So there's blood in the men's room <laughs> the and the women's happening? room. Which is very strange. Um, but they won, and then the second they won, Copperfield's like, all right, everyone out. So final, you know, you see the thing, and we're all kind of celebrating, and then like a, a minute, literally a minute after the, the 
final play by Folk thrown to Mikhailich. Yep. They kicked us in. So I never even saw like the MVP. Like, oh, really? Like they threw us out of the bar. And what happened was the entire city of Boston kicked everyone out of all the bars at the second. There was like a, a man, like a, in that Fenway area, everyone had to be kicked out of the bar. So not only was Copperfields, but everyone at Cask and Flagon. So now they all of a sudden, everybody in the streets? We had, you had thousands of people now in the streets. What the fuck were they thinking? Drunk. So flashback to game seven of the LCS. I believe her name was Vanessa Snellgrove. Um, she, uh, they had a, uh, after game seven, everyone was like partying in the streets in Boston and a cop shot her with a rubber bullet in the head and it killed her. Yeah. Um, so Boston was on edge and, um, and you could feel, so the, all of a sudden, so I'm in this street. I forget what street that is. I'm sorry. Whatever. What street is Caskin flagging on? Let's find out. I know if you live in Boston, you're probably like, you idiot. You don't know this. Um, it's not Yawkey way, but it is Let's see here. Or I'm sorry, Jersey Street, whatever they're calling it now, right? Brooklyn Ave. Brook, Brookline Ave. So they kick us all out in Brooklyn Ave. And there's cops, like if you know Fenway area, there's like an Uno's Pizzeria. And then it becomes Cask and Flagon. And there's a bunch of cops on horseback go, coming out us that way. If you turn around on Brooklyn on the other end, there's cops on horseback coming that what way. What the fuck are they thinking? And then they blocked off Jersey Street. What? So now we are in like a- You're corralled. We're corralled. And cops are like, Calm down. But like no one was doing anything. Now people are doing shit because we're trapped and we're drunk and we're yelling back. And the cops all have um, like super soakers of pepper spray. Jesus and, Christ. Um, it's fucking wild. And it's one of the most wild things I've ever been a part of. And we're all just like, what the fuck? And we're all, because we hadn't even had time. Like we, we barely even pay our tab. Like we've all had a few drinks. And yeah. everyone's like, and some people are really, and now the colleges are starting to pour in and they're joining our, they're getting around the cops and the joining our fuck group. They, this is the stupidest. Or they're behind the cops and they want to join our group. <laughs> so now the cops are becoming trapped because you think about like, you know, Simmons College is over there. Think about all the colleges that are in that general area. And uh, I know Simmons is all girls school, but there are some guys, you know, there's, um, uh. Northeastern isn't that far away. Like you're starting to like get a feel for like, all right, things are starting to like happen. And we're trapped there for I don't know, half hour, 45 minutes maybe, and it's getting more and more intense, and guys are starting to throw beer bottles at near police officers. The horses are getting skittish. Um, people are starting to shout, and people are, people are angry now. They and created a fucking riot. All of a sudden, the cops, I don't know what precipitated it. I don't remember. The cops started to, like, get in our area. It might have been the guys throwing the beer bottles. I don't know what happened. Yeah. No one should. I didn't throw. No one. Well, no, you shouldn't do that. But and it sucks because stupid. you can have like two thousand people. You have three clowns, and that's all you need. That, that's it. Yep. And all of a sudden, the cops just start going crazy with the um, just like like those like the smoke. smoke. And then all of a sudden, um, people are getting sprayed with uh, pepper spray. Jesus Christ! And uh, I'm next to I don't know her, a, a girl. She must have been five foot tall, ninety pounds, little blonde girl, pretty little thing. Uh. And the cop, I full on uh, super soaker right in the face. Jesus her, right? Christ. So one droplet of it bounced off her and hit me. And I almost started bawling. Like it was so intense. Burns. She was just screaming like she had been stabbed to death. She, and I'm sure it must've been so painful. If one drop was like, ah, that really hurts. She was just like, people were scared. People were screaming. I, I, I don't know what. I, it was She's just like she didn't get trampled. I I'm mean, with eight friends. Uh, four of them split off. I don't know what, including the girl that, um, yeah. uh, the couple that I was with. But then 
myself, Jared, and then two other friends, we uh, got out because um, it was just chaos. So we ended up walking out. So then we were walking just around Boston. We, we were able to go around the backside of Fenway Park, kind of where the Ted Williams statue is now. And we got to touch Fenway and be like, hey, we, you know, Red Sox won, woo. Um, and um, then we, um, we just started walking around Boston looking for some place to eat or drink because it was, it was still before closing time. Everything was closed. Now, not only were the restaurants closed, every food thing. Every, this so is, we're walking around. This is crazy. It's fucking wild. And then we're walking through this very expensive part of Boston. And there was like a, a construction crane. And this, these kids, these colleges were on the crane and they got it working. And they were like smashing into the building. And some old lady sees us walking. And she's like, can you help us? Can you help? I'm like, I don't, I'm I mean, not what are we going to do? Police. I call the cops. Like, I, don't, I can't. I'm not going to stop. I don't know what to do. Like, people, it we didn't see too much destruction after the Celtics one. I saw because they, you know, we got the garden. I went to that game, went to the garden, and that was all like you saw like storefronts smashed. And I just kind of saw the aftermath of it yeah. more, but that was definitely like, oh shit, like stuff happened here. But this was more, this was like, other than the crane incident, I didn't see too much destruction, at least on my path, but we couldn't. And there were like, you'd like, you'd walk, we walked all night. You'd walk long enough because the subways think were closed. You'd walk long the enough. Subways were closed. What the fuck were they thinking? It was they manufactured a riot. It was wild. And um, finally, we get into a pizza place. Yeah. We find one. It must have been I don't know a mile away. Like I, we probably were barely even in Boston. Boston's small. We, yeah, we, didn't, small. we didn't walk that far. We we're so hungry. And um, we go in there and we are in line. I don't know the line because it's the only place open. The line's probably hundred people deep. I get there. I get to the fucking counter. Cops come in. Closing it up. You fucking. I'm like, are you fucking. Where we? Dude, the pizza place was quiet. No one was do, saying shit. No one. I don't, I don't even know if they were even serving alcohol. It was a regular pizza place. Close it up. I never got my fucking pizza. People were fucking. And then people get angry about that because there's people in line behind me. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Let me get this straight. So they kick everybody all out of the bars For at the no same reason. time to put get them into streets. Yes. And then they corral them into a little place. Uh, and then they don't allow like a mini riot ensues. Exactly. They, they fucking create a mini riot and then they close all the places. People who are drunk probably should eat something cause it'll help, right. you know, knock down the, uh, being drunk or it'll, it'll help you process the alcohol better with food. I don't, they did everything wrong and they closed the subway. So there's no, there's no outlets for people. What the fuck are they thinking? I mean, I, I, I go by memory here. I, I, the subway thing, I don't remember it even being an option for us. I, I, maybe we were walking off because we were still drunk, but so we went, I think we had, we had a DD. Like I was, it was not me, but we had a DD. Right. Like, and I, we didn't, we couldn't get back. We didn't get back to our cars until the next, because he had to, cause next he had to walk there. What's that? Because he had to walk there. Right. I think we took the T in to get to the bar. I know I did oh, that okay. with the Celtics because that was, that I remember distinctly taking the, taking, I want to say the subways might have gone down that night too, but maybe not. Or maybe I just chose to walk the streets. That might have been a choice. This was not a choice. This is why I felt like we were like, we were st- and I, we didn't get back to our car until very early in the morning. Now, I don't know if we could jump to the cab or we might have been staying at my buddy's place in Revere. I don't really remember exactly the end of this story here, but I remember we didn't get anything to eat at all. You got turned into the fucking warriors, like getting out of there. What the, it really was. It was like, we're just walking the streets. And I said, you'd run into people who were also in the, in the, also at bars. And you're like, hey, did you find any, you find anything open? No, 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 I didn't either. Remember, this is before cell phones. I mean, people had like flip phones. Before, yeah, but not like, right. uh, like smartphones. Yeah, right. You couldn't like figure stuff out like on that like you couldn't like kind of figure out what was open or anything like that uh it was just fucking it was just chaos and it was all um created by the police that's shockingly and i don't blame the actual i mean i do do blame that one cop that sprayed that girl like because there was like people were getting just aggressive and said people were were throwing beer balls a horse i saw a horse get they can't if they can't leave no it's not but but why create that situation exactly no one i'm 
Don't get me wrong. The Red Sox won the World Series. I'm sure some shit would have happened that night. I'm sure of it. Like, you yeah, know, people get drunk and do stupid things. Right. But, but in this moment, we were all like, especially the bar I was in, I'm guessing every bar, we were still watching. We wanted to see Manny, who's the MVP. Like, like, you had to hear about it through like secondhand on the streets. And then all the college kids came out because they saw this like mini ride on TV and they wanted to see what this what was going on. So then that got more people into the Fenway area that they might've like stayed. The Northeastern kids might've just stayed in Northeastern yes. instead of making the jaunt over. But now because there was shit going on, everyone's like, Oh, Fenway see is like right. The place to be. Yeah. It was fucked up. They dude. created Gotham and Batman begins, dude. That's the thing. They cut out all the bridges and fucking hot and everybody and everybody's all hopped up on fucking alcohol. It and was, they just enclosed them in there. That's crazy. It was fucking really weird. It was, it was the most intense. It was the only time I've ever been like pepper sprayed in my life. And it was the most, and I got like one drop, that poor girl. Jesus. Um, and it was the most, they were just, everyone, because of the snow grow thing, everyone was just really like, like, in, it was really like intense when it didn't, it was celebratory. It didn't have to it be. It went from celebratory to like. Violent. To like a worry, a fear of violence in like a half an hour and everyone's drunk. So you have this giant mood swing and everyone's kind of drunk. It was fucked up. It's fucked up. Um, it was definitely a weird situation. But, I, want- I mean. I mean, it was, it was, it was fun. honestly, at the end of the day, it was fun walking around Boston with my, my buddies. I like, talked about the Red Sox winning the World Series. It was fun. I mean, I'm a Mets fan, but Red Sox is my AL team. And I know that's kind of a cop out. People may don't like hearing that, but, um, you know, I lived in New England for a long time. It was fun. I watched, I watched a lot more Red Sox and Mets games and Mets games in the nineties and early two thousands because the cable packages hadn't existed yet. Right. Um, it wasn't really until 2005. I guess when, when Pedro left, we went to the Mets. Uh, and then extra innings was really a thing. You could really. It was. Um, so like, oh, I'll, you know, um, I can get back more into the Mets. But so the Red Sox were a huge part of of my 90s and early 2000s. Yeah, I, mean, I don't really like them anymore. Um, but the owner, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I guess you got to give the ownership credit for winning the title. But the same token, it's like, eh. Yeah, but they're completely unlikable. They really they are. Stupid and, shit. And, and the, with their connection with the globe. All that stuff is is terrible. I, 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 if they sell the team, it would it would. I would make be happy. Feel I yeah. still would not only have root for them. Any, I'm waiting for an expansion team. We've talked yeah. about this a number of times, but I'm waiting for the Las Vegas Gamblers to be created. Gambler, you think that's, that's what I'm imagining. I doubt they'd be called that. <laughs> that'd be cool. That'd be awesome, though, right? I even have like a little logo in my head. Like Do you? Cards and dice and yeah. yeah kind of fun. That's, that, that that's never terrible. But that's what you're doing. Yeah, so that's that's what I was doing. Yeah, I was uh, evading the cops and trying to get something to eat. Uh, that's wild. I, I can't like how to not how to do everything wrong. Uh, how to create a riot? From what if nothing. anyone else listening to this? Was anyone else? I, I'd love to hear if anyone else was in that scrum because there were a lot of people. There were a lot of us. Yeah. Um. Because remember, Boston Beer Works was there. That was kicked out to us. Cask and Flag and Copperfields. Um, any of those bars that are on Brooklyn. Or said Uno was there too. I'm sure they have a bar in the Uno. Uh, yeah, everything yeah, was Yeah, I don't know. Down. Maybe they, I don't, yeah, that I don't know. I mean, Uno is kind of a, it's, it's a little bit out of the way. So maybe the cops were kind of in front of it. So I don't yeah. think so, but I don't know. I, I, I mean, they must have, right. They must have closed up, right? Everyone was closing up. Yeah. It, it was very bizarre. It made for a very strange night. The crane thing was very strange. It was a very strange night. Um, and, uh, I definitely had a few drinks. I bet you did. I'm kind of hazy on some of the exact, like, I don't remember exactly how I even got home. We must have jumped in a cab. To the car. I remember just looking for a cab. Or we might have took a cab to my buddy's house in Revere. My buddy lived in Revere right off the blue line. Yeah, so yeah, I know yeah. we took a subway to get there. I shouldn't say no. I'm fairly confident we did. And I know we didn't take one back. Because by then, then all because subways in Boston close early, you know, they're not like New York. They don't go 24 hours. They do close anyway. But the game let out. The subway still should have been running, and they, they weren't. Or maybe we were trapped in that pen long enough that the subways just closed naturally at midnight anyway. That doesn't sound right. I don't think the game was out. I mean, maybe it was three cool. hours though, and it gets you to eleven, and we're stuck in that pen until midnight, and the subway's closed. Okay, I that guess. might have been what happened. I guess. Okay. Well, that's 
at least a little bit but better. But then the cops made it so we couldn't get to the subway. Well, you should, you should have subways going later on game days like they're that. They're weird. They were always weird about it's that really anyway. Weird. But you think, yeah, think about it. Imagine if you were trying to get, if you were a sober person, you're, trying, you're a good person, you had a DD, and you're just trying to get back to your car. How are you going to do it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's manufacturing. That, that makes yeah, sense. I don't think we did have a DD then. I think we all drank and then we were all going to go back gonna to everybody's house at, and revere. Stay at revere. I think we got home so late that we ended up just driving home from, back to New Hampshire from my buddy's house in Revere. I don't think we even crashed there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was dr- drunk a lot that week, by the way. Surprising. This isn't going to help my- Super uh, surprising. I'm thinking of myself, like, I, I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't- Yeah, your persona is uh, yeah. definitely- But if it's like, I think it might be accurate. <laughs> I, <think it's- laughs> I mean, I don't drink that much anymore. I know uh, that's kind of the thing. It's like, oh, your, Yeah, but your version of not drinking very much is, is any other person's version of drinking a shit ton. No, I don't think so. Yes, it is. If you're like, I don't drink too much. I had seven beers tonight. I did not have seven. I've had seven drinks since uh, Saco in one night. Wasn't that long ago, my friend. Now is the first time in a little while. No, that's, no, that's, that's, I don't drink as much anymore, but I do, I do find a lot of these stories to have, it's like I was was drunk or or I was, I was having a good time, you know? Yeah. There are a lot of those. Good. What was happening in the news uh, and at this time? Besides, we're going to hear your uh, Red Sox story uh, in the Patreon show. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly right? where I was for game set for uh, game four. I know what I was doing that week, but go ahead. So three of the stories are, oh my God, I feel like you can plug and play some of these stories a little bit. <laughs> Arafat's sick, but he would die two weeks later. Bush Kerry, we have an election, yeah, Bush yeah, Kerry yeah. elections a week later. And the conflict in Iraq, which is basically, I mean, it's, it's so sad that this, it's just, it's so commonplace in our show that there's a conflict in the Middle East and like, it's just it's been the entirety of our lives. Pretty much. Shit going on. But the one thing I want to talk about uh, was on, on October 29th, Vaughn Meter died. I'm guessing you have no idea who Vaughn Meter is, or do you? I don't think so. Vaughn Meter won the 1963 Grammy for best, uh, best album. He had the number one album for 12 weeks on the Billboard Top 200. What was the, do you know any of the songs that were famous? It wasn't a song. Me? It was a comedy album. Oh! Vaughn Meter was the, the preeminent and the first real JFK impersonator. So there is a fantastic, if you are, uh, I'll tell a little bit of a story here, but if you're interested in this, I would recommend Mobituaries. Um, they do, uh, Mo Rocca, he talks about kind of di- different people who have just died or different um, trends that died. Like for instance, when CBS canceled a whole bunch of the more rural shows, he did an episode on that. So like the cancellation of the shows yeah. is the obituary. Yeah, yeah. But there's it it one on Vaughn Meter. It's very good. Um, so JF, Vaughn Meter uh, is a impressionist of John F. Kennedy. Uh, and uh, he puts out an album called The First Family and it ends up being this gigantic hit in 1963 um, before JFK dies, obviously, uh, or 62, 63, and it wins the Grammy. In, uh, I think it was 62 is when it was just monster hit, like insane, got radio play. It was, uh, it, it's so bizarre to even think Radio about. play? Yes. Wow. Yes, very strange. Um, and Vaughn Meter was in huge demand. And then um, I think Lenny Bruce said it best. Lenny Bruce, of course, the famous comic who really kind of push boundaries and um, uh, they do a, a very interesting movie about him uh, with Dustin Hoffman uh, called Lenny that Bob Fosse directed. Um, but uh, Lenny Bruce, uh, November 22nd, 1963, Kennedy gets killed. Lenny Bruce uh, had an engagement and he stuck to it. And you know, obviously the, the crowd is just, you know, everyone's very, yeah, everyone's young, young great president. sadness. Right. Yes, so right. Lenny Bruce gets on the stage and he kind of stands silent for several minutes, they say, which is incredibly long time to stand silent. Really long. And all he says is, uh, wow, Vaughn Meter sure is fucked, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line. <laughs> and, uh, and he's right. He was. So um, Vaughn Meter went from being maybe the most famous comedian in America to some extent 
to being a nobody overnight and it completely fucked him up. Well, it's certainly the most heard. I mean, if you think about all the record sales and all well, the radio Ron and Meter all was stuff, a yeah. giant, giant deal. It's so weird that I um, never heard of him. And uh, so he instantly went from being the most famous comedian maybe in America to being completely in, in zero demand. Um, and it ruined him as I'm sure you can imagine. Um, so a few things happened to him. Uh, first off, the uh, record company, this, remember, this was a number one record for 12 weeks in a row. It had won the Grammy 10 months earlier. Yeah. They pulled it off the shelves oh. and destroyed all the copies. Oh. You can't find a copy now. They did re-release it in 1999. Um, so you can listen to it. It doesn't really work anymore for a number of reasons. A, it's old. But B, we've kind of like, oh, he's impersonating the president. What's the big deal? But that just wasn't done. It wasn't back done. Then. This is the first time it had really been done on a mass level. I mean, yeah, some people once in a while would mimic some guys, kind of, but it wasn't like, think about it, 1962, there wasn't really late night TV. Exactly. I mean, it wasn't until SNL like, when we've got, when we have every president is mimicked. Right. So it wasn't an SNL at all. Right. Uh, there wasn't, Johnny Carson wasn't even on the Tonight Show yet. So this is like Jack Parr, Steve Allen, as much more like a discussion type. Let's talk about the news. Even the radio stuff in the 40s was like Walter Winchell would come on and like talk about events, maybe sometimes comedically. Not that Winchell was very funny, but he would have some kind of showbiz stuff, but also have some talks about, with a bit of a wit, I guess is sure. a better way to say it than like laugh out loud funny. Got it. But this was played for jokes. I'm impersonating the president comedically. It hadn't really been done. And yeah, it blew yeah. everyone's mind. And um, Vaughn Meter's impression is okay. It's pretty good. Um, it's, it's fine. It's, it wouldn't, you know, now you hear it now, you're like, why, is, why would he? But he was just the first one to do it. Um, and so now his greatest achievement is now you, you literally cannot buy it in stores. And then on top of that, um, he gets into drinking and, and just, uh, I mean, he can't tour, like he, what's, what's he going to do? His whole thing was just, he, yeah. um, and he ended up, um, buying a bar. He, and he died in Auburn, Maine, uh, uh, this week at 68 and he died from, um, it sounded, it seemed like some potentially like drinking related diseases. And yeah. he became, like I said, uh, Matt's never heard of him. I, uh, I didn't hear about him until, um, five, 10 years ago. Um, and then I really didn't do a deep dive until the Morocco thing. And I, I kind of, then I went kind of, I did a little bit more research. I just found it just, uh, I'm always fascinated people who have fame and then like lose it. Sometimes when it's not even their fault, you know, like what does that do to a human? I mean, being? that's probably the greatest rise fall maybe ever. It's incredible. Because it's so short, it's so, it's so short. meteoric and so short. It's not like you, it's a one hit wonder where everybody likes you for a year either because you're not, you're not pulled off the shelves. Like you, it comes back later. Your one hit wonder could come back later in a commercial or something. Or, or your one hit wonder, or, you, you, you get a chance to make a second album and then the second album doesn't work. Well, you failed on your own. Yeah. He, he didn't. No, he didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. Oh, that's right. That's that's actually really sad. I'm really curious about what this album is like, though. Is it just a? Is it just sketches? Is it like a three yeah. minute sketches? Yeah, it's, it's like, not like a full story. And is he doing multiple voices? Is he doing more no, family members? A cast. Oh, there is a cast. Yeah. Okay. So it's um, the first family it's in the, the White first House. Family, yeah, I haven't listened to the whole thing. I listened to bits and pieces of it. It's not. So like the first family at Christmas or like at, uh, around the tree or like, uh, yeah, I, it's not like, yeah, it's not, not Christmas. I don't think it's, it's other, it's like other scenarios and just like just him just like kind of like just talking to, like it might just be a conversation he has with Jackie is the, are the scenarios funny or is his impression fun, supposed to be funny? The impression leads the comedy. Okay. Right. I see. Um, but check it out. It's the first time I think you could find it on some streaming things. They sure, re-released yeah. it. Uh, it's called the first family. It's Vaughn meter. Um, and, uh, yeah, in 1962, he was, he had the biggest album in the world. Crazy. And you think about it too, you know, it's right before the Beatles, right? So like, that's that time when, you know, so. 
Maybe that's a, a, a Why Are You Laughing uh, episode too. That might be an interesting one for Mike to cover. It could be. Uh, so I wanted to do this. So this is the albums that he beats, by the way. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Then? Oh, my God. Ready? It's so Beatles. He beat, uh, no, it wasn't Beatles. Really? Was in six, really? 63. This is the album 62. Beatles weren't until 64. Because uh. remember, it was right after Kennedy. Uh, so here he beat uh, the Jaws. I'm sorry, the Jaws. The Jazz Samba by Stan Getz and Charlie Bird. Okay. Um, my Son, the Folk Singer by Alan Sherman. Don't know it. I Left My Heart in San Francisco by Tony Bennett. Yes. <laughs> Still with us. Thank you. And remember, the first time we won, because it also beat Modern Sounds and Country and Western Music by Ray Charles. Oh. Uh, how about that? How about that? And that's the rest of the story. Yeah, that's enough of it. Uh, that's pretty good tying, no, right? That, 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 how about that? Well done. Thank you. Well done. Thank you. I'm nothing if not a craftsman. Yeah, that's true. That's pretty good. That's a little bow tie it's very at good. the end of this episode. You did. Yep. You, how about you tied that? a bow on it. I know. I'm very impressed. But uh, no, that's a cool story. I'd never heard of that guy. Yeah. That's crazy. So I didn't either. And I'm, I love comedy. Yeah. I right. never heard of him. I've been listening to stand up since I was nine years old. Yeah. I had never heard of him uh, until I said about like, um, I think I was in New York. So um, I say five or 10, it's probably closer to almost 10 years ago now. Um, and then the Mo Rocca thing is fantastic because they play clips in the first family. They, they, he, he does a great, that's a really good show. That's a really good podcast. Maybe I should check that out. How, how recent is that? Uh, I don't, I should listen to see if he's had a new season come out. Cause I used to listen to a lot when I had a commute. So this was back three years ago okay. is when he did the deep dive. Still, on pretty mo- still pretty modern. Oh yeah. Oh, it doesn't yeah. I mean, nothing's changed for him since he died. Just of course. <laughs> Not that you could have done it in 2005. I just mean it won't story. sound, it's a podcast. That's like, that's no, it's very better, well yeah. produced. Okay. Mo Rocket is a great, it is a good job. Um, sh- did, sh- did a good up. one on, um, oh, I forget her name now. The singer of, uh, Gloria. Yeah. Yeah. Gloria. Gloria. Yeah. 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 Who the fuck is that? Um, uh, he was a big fan of hers. Um, and she had a, a very tragic kind of life. Um, and he 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 uh he does a good obituaries on her as well. He also did an obituary on um Laura Branigan, of course. Laura Branigan, yes, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, yes. He does he does a obituary on uh, a Siamese twins as well, like the first ones. Uh. Yeah, um, uh, which I know isn't appropriate name anymore, but that's conjoined is the better word. But these were, but they were literally known. They were like the known as the Siamese. They were the first ones to ever be in the country, uh, and kind of they're bizarre because they both were married. So think about how. How's that work? Right. So it's a really interesting kind of, he, it's a good show. Not all of them are hits, but the Von Meter one is, is especially, check that out. especially sad and, um, and bizarre. What a life, right? Imagine you're so famous for such a short time and then no one wants to, no one even wants to see you again. Yeah. I don't know how you recover. He didn't. He didn't. He yeah. didn't recover. He destroyed him. Uh, okay. Anything else? No, we are back with the grudge. Hopefully that doesn't destroy us. Uh, well, hopefully it destroys me. But hopefully I'm fine after watching it. I don't know. Why, why, why would you want to destroy it? You'd have a hard time doing this podcast without me, by the way. Yeah. But, but for, ma- to, eh, well, for many reasons. No, maybe not. Zvormita was a shell of himself, but he still was himself. You could, maybe you're just like a shell of Matt Carano. Yeah, but you, like broken you, need, down. you need someone to talk to. I mean, I could you need someone to talk to. And then, no, you don't know. Well, you have to change it. You have to be just a movie. You're like, you well, you could like pipe stuff. in with some like, you know, maybe you're like drunk or ruined man. He probably been with some <laughs> grunts. <for it>. <laughs> <laughs> Take it to Matt. Sobs. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. Let's, we don't want it to ruin me. All right. Well, about we're it. doing the grudge next week. Uh, it's a tomorrow uh, regardless. So yes, I got to pick the song for that. And then next week we're in 1979. Yeah. I will say to listening, we probably, I think we made a subconscious choice to Jerry. We found out 10 minutes before we taped Jerry Remy died. 
But yeah. I don't, you're hearing this on Saturday. I'm guessing the Jerry Remy thing has been talked to death. So, yeah. uh, but, but it was. That's shocking to hear. I mean, you're not. I wasn't, know, I wasn't shocked. I mean, he, well, the fact he that he showed so up to, bad. I know, but the fact that he showed up to a game. I know. The first a week pitch, ago, two weeks ago or whatever it was. And a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I Man. know. I guess that was shocking, but I, yeah, I, I figured I, he was still, I think yeah. he, I heard he wasn't, wasn't good. I know. Seventh time he was battling or it's battling wild. cancer. It's crazy. It was lung Sad cancer, life. right? Yeah. All stem, all stem from smoking. Yeah. 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 It's someone who's been around most of our lot, like the, you know, most of me watching Red Sox games, he's a part of them. So it's, it's, it's yeah. kind of shocking that we're bizarre, we're tragic life. I guess, uh, I guess my question is, uh, was that a life that you would want? And I would say very clear. No, I would never want his life. That seems like a horrible. No. Yeah. I mean, uh, the stuff with the sun and then even his playing career, he, he got to play major baseball for, uh, he did. And, and was good. He was yeah. a good second baseman, but he's on that 78 team was then choked. And then he had some brutal knee injuries, yeah. like incredibly painful he surgeries. He needed speed and, and you know, he was, he was, he had to be an athletic like, paper, right? Player. Like right. 15 knee surgeries, like a crazy yeah. amount. Yeah. You can't, it's um, not like it's a power hitter where you can just kind of, no, it was all it speed, right? All speed and defense and defense. Um, you need your knees. Right. And then yeah. once that went, but like he, he well, right. It wasn't like he could DH. Right. Right. Um, and I guess he had went through, like underwent so many of these horrible knee injuries, uh, knee surgeries. And then all something that one, I guess it was one injury that really, um, Wiped him out, and then, yeah, that's awful, right? I don't think I would do fifteen. I'd, I'd just be, I'd hang him up. I guess. Well, you, I think some of them came after some. Of them yeah, I'm like, sure. Like, like just, I'm sure we could have like a nice life. Yeah. Could, like walk around. Yeah. Um, and like maybe pain. I, like, yeah, I think I think some of them went, were well past his career. I remember him yeah. getting these surgeries like when he was announcing. Yeah. Um, but right, some of them were a lot of them were during his like, just trying to make it work for his career, and then, and then the stuff with with Jared is just so it's rough. It's so awful. Um. Oh, I, yeah, it just it is, I would, I would really, I really hope one day someone, I, I wonder if it would be, like, I was, someone writes a, a book about it, like a really honest, interesting book about it, about his life, but then do we, do we already know it? Maybe it wouldn't be that interesting? I don't know. I think we know a lot of it. The Jared stuff is really well covered. Um, you know what would have been interesting is if he had spoken oh, done, uh, really honestly. I know he wrote a biography. I, I haven't read it. Maybe he, I don't think he talks about it a ton in there, uh, but like, I would love to like watch like, or did like a podcast for an hour or interview for an hour and talked about like exactly what happened from, I would never get it now. Obviously that would, that would have been, yeah. I'm always interested in like parents of murderers. Like, what is that like? I know the Columbine uh, moms, I think wrote, wrote the book, right? I think so. Um, uh, but like, what is that? Cause the guilt must be so enormous. It must be so hard to, yeah, what do you? Yeah, you've oh, for that that family that's now lost a daughter. I mean, yeah, this, I mean, it was very, it was a very apparent. Seems like a very apparent trajectory for Jared. Like right. he was and, and, going down a road that, if it didn't end up in in murder, it was cer- certainly violence was a part of his life. So, and it sounds like Jerry, you know, Jerry protected him too much. But is your kid? It's it's, it's such a, it's, it's a really, really hard to judge. It's really hard to judge yeah. me. Else. I don't have a kid like that. It's really hard. I, I, you know, I'd already, what is the right thing to do in that, in that case? I, I, um, I struggle with that, even though I think a lot about morality and how I operate in certain circumstances. That's a tough, I don't, I don't know what I would do. And you got to protect your kid. But the same token, like, I think you have to also realize when you're, you have to like be good for the protect society too. Like, yeah. you know, you, you keep letting this monster unleashed eventually the monster's going to attack. I mean, and you read, uh, there's like Kirk reference in, uh, it was in that globe. They did a really like a blow by blow discussion of exactly like the timeline of, of his, of Jared's 
growth to being a murderer. And it is, it's the, all the telltale signs are there. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's like, Oh, he did this. He, he attacked this person at school randomly when he's a kid, like right. brutally. And then he, you know, he's attacked, well, then he got all the drugs domestic parties and he got all the drug stuff. Yeah. Like it was like, it was so crystal clear. This yep. was going to happen. And you know, uh, you know, maybe you don't give your kid the best lawyer. I, I don't know. But then again, it's your kid. Right. I mean, uh, maybe you hope that you can get him into some sort of rehab. I think, they, I think they did try some things, but I, I don't, I don't know. It, it's, it's an incredibly tragic story. It's, it's and how uh, much of it because Jerry wasn't, he couldn't be, he couldn't be around as much, you know, it was, uh, so I wonder how much was just right. I don't know. But then like, you know, the mom, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, right. Benny's around all winter though. I mean, every, every parent has to, you know, is at work in theory. I mean, you know, like, it's true. Both parents aren't home all the time. It's true. So I know, but, uh, I but yeah, I'm sure I, by the time you're hearing this, you're probably Jerry Remy Dow. Yeah, so, um, but I thought we'd at least, I guess, mention it. I well, know. I always enjoy listening to him, hearing him on air. I, I really liked it. I, uh, so I'm, I'm sad that we won't get that. I thought maybe we would get a little bit more of that. He's this great year, but, on air, very witty. Uh, never made himself the story like on air, like he was self-deprecating. Yeah, he had a really good sense of humor. I saw a few things just just in the ten minutes before we started taping that people were like, oh, Orsillo and Remy were were the best ever. Orsillo and Remy were awesome. They were really good. They were great. Remy and McDonough were better. That was a better tandem. They were amazing. I mean, McDonough and Remy were, were so funny together. And Orsillo was very good. It took Orsillo a while. People forget. Like, I mean, Orsillo called that Hideo Nomo no-hitter. Yeah. It was like, it's like, it's a no-hitter by Hideo Nomo. Like, it took, and I don't blame Orsillo. It was like his third game. But, like, it, it took Orsillo a while for that camaraderie. But then once it happened, it happened. And now you listen to, or I'll watch Padres games and extra innings. Orsillo is all fun. He's, he's one of the best. Yeah. Play-by- he might be the best, like the best, like local play by play guy in any market yeah. for baseball. And Remy taught him a lot of that. Have fun. Loosen up. Cause McDonough was always kind of having fun. He wasn't as goofy as Rosillo, but he was always, cause you know, it's 162 games. You got to have some fun with it. You can't. Yeah. It can't be just hundred percent serious the entire time. It's going to be boring. Jesus. Everybody's going to be boring, bored. And particularly in games that are out of reach, like you got to right. do something else. And you know, Remy was the announcer when the Red Sox were the before the Patriots were the team in New England. When people yeah. watched every game, they re- people really did live and die in every pitch. They really did for a long time in this That's era. Right. Um, not anymore. Now it's they live and die with every. Uh, I guess now every like Mac Jones pass. Like now the Patriots have consumed New England. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there was a sigh of relief after two thousand four. There was, and, and then you know, and even though. Uh, watching in 2007 was fun. And even 2013 was fun because it was a kind of an improbable group of people who won the World Series. Not a- after 2004, it's just you, like we've been, we've been beat up by the Red Sox for a hundred years or something. Let's or 86 years. Let's, let's, but, now, but now mean, we can move on. Someone could say, well, the Reds, the Patriots win all the time too. But I just think, A, I think the NFL product is better right now than baseballs. I love baseball, but the four hour games are killing it. And I think some of the, the ownership being completely unlikable. And I think younger, younger people, I don't seem, I guess are drawing more to football than baseball. I mean, for a number of reasons, which some of them I understand completely. Well, every, every, every football game matters. Right. It's less of a commitment. It's easy. It's much easier to be a football fan. Oh, than a baseball it really fan. is. Yeah. I mean, you can 16 games, um, but also just, it's more exciting, especially right now. I mean, I'm watching these world series games and they are, they're not, it's not good television. Like yeah. it's, it's four. Like the game last night was three and a half hours long. It was like a, a three or two game. Two. I want two hour baseball games and I would well, be that's psyched. Not happen. That, that, that never really happened in our life. But I mean, they used to be two and a half. 
And like when Matt and I were growing up, they were two and a half hours. I mean, yeah, you have once in a while have a two hour game if like Maddox was pitching or but right. a really, but I mean, that doesn't, that's not, that, that, now you're talking like 1941. I mean, that's just not going to happen. But I mean, we can get the games under three hours. So, I mean, that, that can happen. That's what it was back in the early 2000s or 90s when Jerry and uh, McDonough were doing games. Games were under, Snappy. Red Sox games used to start at 730, that's 735. Right. That's right. Because they would end by 10. Right. Or, you know, or soon, like, and then, and then they moved up to seven o'clock and because uh, the games, games were just no, getting ridiculous. Getting, right. Uh, after two, so those games in 2004 were really long, but then they kept, it just, it kept happening. Well, there's a postseason. I, it's no, tough. I get, but, but that's, that was kind of serious myself, but, but, the, but that's what felt like the start of these really long games. And well, then all, every single, every single Red Sox Yankees game was four hour plus. Well, not even the playoff games. Um, look, so I'm, uh, I love baseball stats. Um, I definitely consider myself a sabermetrician. I'm, I'm in that nerd group, if you will. But like the nerds have ruined baseball because, you know, it became about pitch counts, which makes the games longer, right? Yep. And then it became about taking the pitchers out earlier. And now pitchers don't even last. Like uh, Zach Greinke last night pitched four innings, shut out baseball and took him out. And I, you get why they do it. I mean, the Astros, although they did it, they lost. So. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, you know, and then the guy, the game before was five innings, no hitter, and they took him out. Yeah. Uh, Ian Anderson for the Braves. And you're like, is this what, like, that's not the product that I really want to consume. This isn't a good product. No, it's not. Like, I don't know if you have to expand the strike zone or if you have to, I, I don't know. It's, it sucks. Baseball is definitely not as enjoyable to watch. As it was even 15 years ago, but Remy kept the games fun. He, he did it. He did. He was a, he was about a good of a color play by play announcer or color announcer, uh, as you will uh, locally that you'll find. I mean, he was better than Tommy. Tommy Heinz was fun as hell. He is fun. He was, was fun. He's dead. Yeah, no, uh, but Remy was better than him. And he's better than Eckersley. I like Eckersley, but he's not, and he's Eckersley's not as good. Great. He's not as good. At, Eckersley's top five. Um, I just don't think he makes a cohesive point. He's fun. And I like to listen to him, but I don't think he makes a cohesive point where Remy always made sense. Remy was right. Remy was better. The Mets team is great. They have Gary Cohen, you have Ron Darling and uh, Keith Hernandez. And Keith Hernandez is kind of the Eck if you will. Yeah. Ron is a bit more cerebral. Yep. And then Gary kind of like, just is more like a Sean McDonough type. And yeah. then, and it kind of keeps the balance. So every once in a while, it'd just be one of the, like it would just be Cohen and Hernandez or Cohen and darling. It doesn't have that same magic. You need yeah. all three, which is a tribute to Remy that Remy was able to kind of do all of it just himself in a two man booth. Yep. Now, uh, Remy could never get any national jobs because of his accent, which I'm sure um, people have heard it many times by the end sure. of the week now. But, um, uh, it's funny that it's some, not even that bad. It's pretty rough. If you're not from this area. Yeah, maybe I'm just used to it, but yeah, I don't think it never, it's pretty never got in the way. It, it, like my fam, when I listen to my family talk, it, it gets in the way more than Remy ever did. Yeah. If you're, but if you've never heard it before, I guess yeah. it's, it's jarring. I guess. Um, but I, I don't, I think he, he never seemed too upset about it. He seemed to be happy being kind of the, the king of Red, did the it president forever. of Red Sox nation or whatever. And, yeah. And he did he, it forever. Got, you know, I had restaurants open up here in this area. True. Um, Rem dogs. Rem dog. Yeah. Never been to one. I went, there was a, Jerry Remy's though was the, um, what it wasn't near Fenway. I went there oh, a few times. He had one in Logan airport for a while. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Although I guess, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm guessing by the time you hear this, you're probably like, uh, enough to remember. No, I just gave you another 10 minutes. On it, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so I guess we're, we're back tomorrow and, uh, buy some tickets to our show. You bastards come to our show. Oh, hang God. out. What? Why are you being so aggressive? Well, you were so passive about it before, I thought. And if anybody's still listening, I, I just wanted to give him a little bit of a, a shove out the door. You okay? Yeah, the grudge. See you then.